happens. Well, yeah, the one finger finger gun that's like office party. Like, hey, yeah. hey, but look who's finally here. Be the badass ones instead of the two finger. Two guns. finger finger guns is <laughs> saying, no, I am going to shoot you. I just don't have the gun here. This is <laughs> there is such a difference between one and two finger guns. This, the the two one finger... finger is super lame and like a, yeah. and then two fingers are like, it's like I have made the decision to murder you. <laughs> And I'm so confident that I'm going to be able to do it. I want you to know I'm going to do it now. And I'm going to come back and do it later. You are listening to the Brenton Thwaites Hour, presented by Exceptional Thieves. Well, it was nice meeting you, and once again, my apologies for being such a clumsy fool. I'm looking for a pirate, Captain Jack Sparrow. You hear me? Nothing bad's going to happen to you. Do you know how long I've been waiting for this moment? The risks I've taken to be here. Fuck Batman. He's got a bit of a limp because he dislocated his knee. Oh, not again. Nah, it's a knee, not the hip. Same leg, though. How's it feeling? Got a lot of joint issues, that guy. Well, I think this is because of... Like, he's just had that funny-ass walk for his entire life. It's Uh, weakened part of his body. Knock-on effect. Poor guy. Did some more synovial fluid. I think we just take the leg. I think so. Yeah. He doesn't need it. Because then you'll be more likely to get like TikTok famous. That is true. If you can get him to still do cute stuff. Chicks dig a three-legged cat when I'm walking him. Mm-hmm. They'll be like, ah. Yeah. Getting all those babes. Yeah, they don't know you've been walking him for, you know, five or ten Ks just trying to get babes. Exactly. He's really dehydrated. Got no idea. I could, for all they know, I could just be outside my house. They don't know the walks are the reason he had to lose the leg in the first place. <laughs> Do they? And they don't. And they don't Doesn't, need to. They don't need to know. They know what they need to know, which is that you have a three-legged cat, and you are therefore so full of empathy, and mm. and the and the three-legged cat because you know the three-legged cat is an externalization of your vulnerability. Yes, you know, exactly. So it's My three-leggedness because you can be there for this three-legged cat. Um, that's you saying to the world, "If only someone could be here for my three-legged soul." And maybe Victoria, Hold who's on. out Hold for a run. Three-legged soul album title. Yeah. Band title. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like a Bo Burnham song. It does. In his later, even sadder period. <laughs> you watched it? No. I He's don't know still, if I want to. I got a lot more out of it the second time. So you've watched it twice. I'm, I've watched it twice. And I'm not a big rewatcher, but I watched it the first time. And he seems a... He seems sort of slightly more preoccupied about certain things than I think he should be. Okay. Uh, but then I'm finding this more and more. I, I think my problem is I don't really like to rewatch things, but whenever I do, I do get more out of them. I'm more sort of a one and done, <laughs> I'm out of here. But that's, you know? that, that can't be said for things that are important to you personally, like rewatching The Lord of the Rings every year. Rewatched it. Just on the on the honeymoon. Always get new things out of it. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful thing to do. Well, I'm a, well, I'm like a once every five years on the Lord of the Rings. Okay. That's that's perfectly fine. Yeah, but you know what holds up? I don't think it'll ever stop. Holds you. up. You know they're making an anime feature of that. the War of the R- Rohirrim. Yeah, so that's like 200, 500 years before 
the War of the Ring. That just I, I'm keen for it. Yeah, it just I, I just feel like it's weird feeling yourself being softened up for future media. You know. <laughs> Yes, they're just trying to sort of lay groundwork for the big, you know, for their Game of Thrones when it when it comes out, and I, it's weird to be able to see the system working that intentionally. I am optimistic about an anime of the Rohirrim, sure. Because I've never watched anime. I don't like the way it's animated. Mm. It's not. I, I, I'm a Disney. I'm a Disney animation. Yeah, dude. I've never gone. I've, I've, yeah, the way anime is created, but. Because it's context that I adore, mm. I will I will give myself over to that. It's going to be a real interesting blend. Could yeah. be our gateway drug into anime. I hope not. Next thing I'm you okay know, I'm okay being a guy who doesn't like anime. <laughs> Next thing you know, like all our social media is just anime avatars. Like oh. you know, no one sees us anymore, God. and we just sort of live in that world. I don't want to live in that world. I actually can't even really make fun of anime because i'm so unengaged with it i don't know enough about it so i'm not even critiquing it here i'm just pleading ignorance and from a distance (laughs) doesn't really seem like my kind of thing but anyway yeah i guess we can do anything like the like the holly hollywood or holly weird as i like to call it doesn't seem like they haven't like caught up to the fact that they can do whatever they want with lord of the rings now now yeah obviously anyone can but the flexibility with what Lord of the Rings media can be produced is a world away from what it was 20 years ago. Yes. We have the ability to do a lot of things. So now they're just trying to... I think it's wise to leave it a while, though, because I think there's some Game of Thrones sourness that people need to get over. Well, they're currently filming said Amazon series of Lord of the Rings, whatever it will be called. Yeah. What I I don't um, feel overly positive about is... That apparently, and this may be false, I don't know, casting reports, like casting calls have asked people to be comfortable with nudity, Uh which is not something that Tolkien ever had in his writings or is even necessary in any of that content. So there are many petitions at the moment to not have nudity because it's not Game of Thrones. It's not. It's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, it will be... It's not smart, it's poetry. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, A Song of Ice and Fire is poetry as well. Is it? But it's... Yeah. I couldn't read it. I've tried. Really? It's not for me. Okay. <laughs> well, I've read bits of it <laughs> and engage in the lore of it. I think, going back to the, like with the Lord of the Rings TV show, I think it's good they're, they're leaving them off from Game of Thrones because Game of Thrones kind of created and then destroyed its genre like, yes, within it the did. course of one Very show. <laughs> it invented the genre of prestige fantasy TV. Everyone said, oh, this is brilliant. By the end heaps of Game of Thrones. Heaps of shows, heaps of shows, heaps of shows. Oh, actually, no. Ooh. Oh, terrible. We all hate this now. <laughs> and, that's not, and that's not a part of the genre. It's just that show. I have um, a, a strong feeling that a Lord of the Rings version, though, Whatever comes out will be adored by everybody, as much as the first Game of Thrones was. Most, most, most probably. Like it, in- but the challenge is going to be figuring out what their story is, because they're thousand years earlier. It's in the Second Age, I think. Well, I mean, for like, because I've heard with Lord of the Rings TV show, they want to do like young Aragorn and like really build a lot of stuff in that's not. It's set yonks before that. It's set. Um, while I think the events of the ring being forged. 
So the with villain the is not of, Sauron, it's Morgoth. With a view of going to the events of Lord of the Rings? That's 3,000 years of history. Oh, so it's a Middle-earth TV show. It's a Middle-earth TV show, yeah. Yeah, I do not believe a young Aragorn is in there. I know a young, younger Galadriel has been cast. See, that does give you more wiggle room. A lot more room. To get some naked people in there. Yeah, life changes. Because look, yeah. People get a lot more conservative over the fucking millennia. Well, I can imagine. <laughs> Let that... alone decades. <laughs> I can. <laughs> yeah. We were I a can... lot more free in the 1400s. Yeah, those were the days. Yeah, <laughs> you, you know what I miss the bloody Mesopotamian civilization. For, for Those all were, we know th- when that Bilbo, was the real peak of civilization. When Bilbo found the ring, everyone was running around naked because that's just that's a hundred years ago. You would, you could, <laughs> you, like the vibe you would have to try and create <laughs> is that the Lord of the Rings, like the the War of the Ring time frame, is sort of modern. Yeah. So then, when you're going back to more gothy times. <laughs> That's more medieval and yes. therefore more sort of grim and trashy people are around. And so that's how you get to your more sort of tavern energy and, and energy. sex workers, etc. And that's how they get their sort of their Game of Thrones viewers in. But, I'm not saying I want that, no. but that's that's it, my immediate read of how that that's how they're how gonna, they're try gonna and justify work it. In. it. Yeah, into the law, but it has to go yeah. through the, the Tolkien estate anyway. Like, so those guys would be like, "The fuck does it?" I feel like I feel like Tolkien estate. Grandfather never getting... wrote about mm. naked people. Yeah. Grandfather never had sex. Dear dear Tolkien estate, <laughs> do elves fuck? How does it happen? Well, it can't be very oft because there's not no. many young ones. Well, yeah. They must be they're like pandas. It's really hard <laughs> to get the circumstances right for them. Maybe like the undying lands. Mm. Just a whole lot of fucking. They all wait until they sail across the ocean. Yeah. To yeah. More like their the... spawning grounds. And yeah. it's, it's just a mist. <laughs> oh. <laughs> mm. Yeah. It's literally a mist that they impregnate and little elves come out of it. Yeah. Yeah. More, more, like, those, more like the unclothed lands. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> That's they why take Frodo so there. <laughs> yeah. And Gandalf. You thought this reason. was like retirement, but actually it's more Gandalf it's more like college. Currently still had a job. Like he was he was put on the earth to protect the free peoples. That must and then be, he left. Imagine being invented as like an immortal being and then being told, Oh, by the way, you've got a really big important job that's gonna take you thousands <laughs> of years to do. Oh, can't like, we all just hang out here in like kind of heaven? Like, no, you've got to like you. You've got to, go you've got to move, go everywhere on foot, <laughs> <laughs> and like sleep in fields and shit. And like you know, they're not even going to invent or invent motorized travel or anything the whole time. So you are just going to be. <laughs> can I? I'm a wizard. Can I fly? With it? No, no. You can get a, a like a really fast horse. But that is it, and you're oh, not allowed to have a saddle. Real fast horse. You have yeah, to be no too saddle. cool. <laughs> Jesus, all right. My, my, do I have balls? Yes, you do. They you will do. hurt. You get to have sex with Galadriel once, <laughs> but we're not. But it's but it's just going to be hinted at weirdly in the Hobbit movies, and we're never going to explain it. And the age difference between the actors is going to make it really awkward. And the obvious, profound lack of chemistry you have is going to be one of the real flaws of. You know, a very ill-advised trilogy. One of the numerous, yeah, numerous flaws. But you know what else has yeah. no flaws? Oh, okay. No flaws whatsoever. Oh, 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 are we in the middle of a bloody seamless segue here? Oh, 
What? I feel like I passed out and woke up in the perfect segue. Yeah, go on. What are we? What are we? Um, what are we here to talk about? Well, we should say hello, everybody. We're back. We should say we're back. Welcome to except- in, indefinite hiatus. <laughs> Welcome to Exceptional Thieves. It's a podcast where Isaac and I review and rewrite movies. I'm Sam. I am Isaac. And that whinging and whining in the background is Wednesday the Chihuahua. I'm not sure how much she's going to feature in this episode. And we are back after a break of about about six months. Long-term listeners of the show will be familiar with our recent hit series, Craigslist. Smash hit. Smash hit. I mean, it blew up. It was in the... In the in the Craigiverse, global phenomenon. We were kind of the biggest thing in town for some time, <laughs> and I'm not. And the only thing that's really managed to surpass us is the gif of Daniel Craig saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend." That is a massive thing now. Yeah, you remember that me telling you about that? Now. Still going, yep. still going strong every week on Twitter. Couple hundred thousand likes. The gif <laughs> of Daniel Craig saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, the weekend," <laughs> has kind of been. Doing more for his public profile than anything else over the last because he months. doesn't try to have a public profile. He does not. And somebody making a gif of like three seconds of Daniel Craig time mm. has done wonders. Yeah, and like gotten everyone more into the weekend as a time period, not the band. The band have <laughs> the significance of the band has been like shockingly small in this cultural phenomenon. Um, but yeah, so we did. So we watched the entire filmography of Daniel Craig in the preparation in preparation for No Time to Die. The date for the release of which jumped around a lot. We're still currently sitting on October eighth, and we're gonna be there. We're gonna be there, we're gonna but be there. you know what? We've said that we've said that many. Well, we are gonna be there, but I'm not saying we're gonna be there on October eighth until it is October. 8th. We're gonna be there um, so, at the premiere with Daniel. He's invited us. Mm, so. Today is a very special occasion, so we're going to... We're, we're still a Daniel Craig podcast, I'm never going to let that go, you know. Obviously, we are, you know, we, we, we're we into all films, except anime, obviously, they can fuck off. But, <laughs> no. Um, we're into... And we're in, sexy Lord of the Rings, they can <laughs> fuck right up. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> sexy Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I, but we're still going to be a Daniel Craig podcast. We're going to keep yes. you up to date on the latest Daniel Craig news with our classic recurring segment, Craig News. And Really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Some, sometimes there won't be that much. Like but... any. <laughs> Craig News starts with, but ladies what... and gentlemen, the weekend. And then it ends. True. But whatever morsels of Craig News there are, we will be covering them. And... We can now announce that we are we have selected our next subject, which is going to be well, <laughs> which is and it's not gonna be which is currently known only to the people who saw the title of this episode and Googled it, and we're like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what a way to, to what so a, look what a change of direction. We yeah, so we have decided to rebrand. <laughs> And really expand our brand quite I think significantly it's, it was about time. to a bold and fresh new audience. <laughs> and we're taking all of the Craig Keistadors from our previous incarnation and all of the general movie fans from the incarnation before that, because they're all still with us. Oh, undoubtedly. The, the people who are listening to just hear us review like Godzilla and you know and, and, and Aquamane, they've followed through Craig's list, I'm sure. They're still with us. Maybe hoping we'd go back to movies like that afterwards. 
And <laughs> now you're all coming with us on the next chapter of this very, very strange and frankly inexplicable journey in to us now watching and reviewing the entire filmography of the one and only Brenton Thwaites. <laughs> Australia's Brenton Thwaites. Now look. We should let's for the potentially uninitiated, let's 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 ease people into this a little bit. I was doing some online research about Brenton Thwaites, and I thought As one does. How are we going to introduce this uh, actor to anyone who potentially isn't familiar with him or his work? And I thought I probably can't do any better than this article from decider.com. In the year in the year 2014. Okay. Sorry. So it's a little bit out of out of date. When he was about to be in a Pirates of the Caribbean movie, I guess. Well, this is around the time of The Giver. Uh. So to cut to the chase for anyone, he he's probably most, his most like main, he's in Maleficent. You'd know him from yes. that. You'd know him from, is it still the latest Pirates movie or was there it another the one? the most recent. The most recent Pirates of the Caribbean movie. He's Orlando Bloom's son, I think. I'm yes. pretty sure. And... Nightwing in the current DC Titans television Television. show, season three of which coming out on Netflix before too long. I think they're filming it at the moment. I think it's it's due to release in August. So, lots going on. So, but I thought to help everyone who's who may not be familiar, I liked this article (laughs) because its title is "What Is a Brenton Thwaites." Everything you need to know about the Giver star. And when I saw what is a Brenton Thwaites, I thought this was obviously one of those like bot articles, you know, where they make like databases of celebrityinfo.com. And it's like, a Cameron Diaz has been many plays and she acts <laughs> in many American. But no, this I think this looks like it was really was, was written by a person. Um, the long-awaited film ad- adaptation of The Giver it's hitting theatres this week and it boasts an all-star cast. There's Jeff Bridges, Meryl Streep, Katie Holmes, Alethana Skarsgård, Brenton Thwaites. Wait, who? <laughs> Which is pretty mean. I mean, this is like eight years old, this article now. So, is Brenton Thwaites. You know Brenton Thwaites. Do you not know who or what a Brenton Thwaites is? Why the what? Why? I think it's to be fun. What is a Brenton Thwaites? What? We have all the we have all the answers to your burning Brenton Thwaites questions. Then there's a subheading: What is a Brenton Thwaites? They say it again. It, so Brenton Thwaites is a 25 year old Australian actor. He's still 25, I heard, um, and he's Hollywood's latest obsession. Here's the questions. It's like then it's like a question answer. Is his name really Brenton Thwaites? Yes. Then <laughs> the next question is, really? And it says, so it would seem. Is this an unusual name? I mean, I've never heard the surname Thwaites before. It's a fun name, I think. And I know maybe three Brentons. Okay. Well, it's a fun name because Thwa is is, is a fun sound. is a fun sound to me. Are there any other words that have Thwa in it? Um, I keep wanting to say, th- just say things like Thwunderstruck. I was literally going to say Thwunder as yeah. the word. <laughs> Thwarted. Thwarted. Thwack. Waiting? No, that's just that's just waiting with the. So we we haven't decided what we're calling this version uh, of the podcast in a yet. While. 
Crocodile. Th- <laughs> Thwaiting for Godot. Um, no, so hang on, I'll, I'll just finish this article. Um, the, what what other things is Brenton Thwaites like? This is on like news.com. At best, given his Aussie soap pedigree and current hype, he could be the next Heath Ledger. Not in every way, obviously. At worst, given his perfectly symmetrical face and implausible name, he's the next Orlando Bloom. <laughs> An implausible name. It's not like Benedict Cumberbatch. Imagine hearing the name Brenton Thwaites and being like, mm, I doubt it. Could you imagine? I doubt it. Benedict Cumberbatch, how that name became like bubblegum cabbage patch. Yeah. And like, you know it. And you know what? The joke of saying Benedict Cumberbatch's name wrong is still funny, it and is. I'm going to keep doing it. But I nobody don't care. Does, nobody did or does that with Brenton Thwaites. No. It's not an implausible name. Flenton Crates. It's not, you know. It's not even fun. There's nothing There's, there's nothing to that. He it's has a, a great normal, name. regular name. It's that a is great name. a good name for a movie, movie two, actor. Two syllables and then one syllable, but it's got a lot to it. Thwaites. It's like a seven-letter syllable. Thwaites. Yeah. Like, um... Thwaites. It sounds like it could be a like a, a brand it, of whiskey, yeah. Thwaites whiskey, Thwaites Distillery. Yeah, um, I'm a he's he's a a Thwaite car. Thwaite a minute. Look at that train. How many Thwaite cars has it got? Mm. <laughs> this <laughs> <laughs> I got the Mustang. It's 250 Thwaite power. <laughs> so sorry, Brenton. And I'm, I'm I'm sure I'm sure you're listening. Um, and you're probably. Probably hoping we're going to talk about more than just your name for the entirety of the show. So we should cover, we should address a few things early on, which is that this is weirder than the Daniel Craig podcast we did. This is definitely a creepier one, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's weirder because this it's weirder because there's someone our age <laughs> that makes it weirder, and we both know him. <laughs> <laughs> Which uh, which we should mention. I haven't spoken to him for a while, and I'm not gonna tell him we're doing this. And I'm just gonna see. I'm just gonna see if it comes up for him. That's um okay. I could I could reach out to him or to like his people and be. Like, I think and, it'd be his people now. No, I, I think Brenton has a has a people. I I, can, I hope Brenton I could message him. You could, um, but I'm and I'm explicitly choosing not to because I would like the moment of him discovering this when we're like a few movies in, and he and just sends you a message and says, "Please stop." <laughs> no, you're it's really just a no. <laughs> this is really harmful for my brand, and this is really not <laughs> the kind of attention we were trying to attract. And I want to cover that off at, at the head here because why are we doing this? He why just sends you a gif of Simon Cowell. Uh, it's a no from me. <laughs> what a incredibly lame way to <laughs> confront someone. Didn't want to talk to him, so I'm just sending Simon Cowell gifts. <laughs> I'm really big on my early 2010s British references. Still a thing, man. Simon Cowell is apparently still a thing. I don't. I feel like he's not. He's he's from. He's not at his peak though. I should hope not. I feel like peak Cowell was about. I was showing a video the other day of him judging an America's Got Talent performance, and he oh. seemed very nice. 
which I feel yeah. is a, Ooh, he's done, he's, a step he's, away from... He's rebranded. Maybe he just got tired of <laughs> just being mean to everyone. Wouldn't you... You would get very tired Wouldn't you just get bored of being Simon Cowell? Why would you keep... I can't, I can't imagine turning up to year 12 of those shows. And being like, hey guys, let's I can imagine enjoying it a bit at the start. But when you're a millionaire, you've done it a bunch... I, you you like and like you must know on the at on some level that you're contributing to the like downgrade of society. Yeah, the 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 deterioration of culture. <laughs> like you like you must know when you're on there. Like you know, like you know, the, this isn't terrible, but this isn't a step forward for us in any way. <laughs> We've reached a plateau. Yeah, and I, for one, am very comfortable. Yeah, you know, <laughs> generously, <laughs> this is a plateau. I think it's it's a treadmill that's going backwards, and yeah. we're just slowly trying to walk up it. It's not going very far. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> because like the best thing that comes out of those shows is every so often there's someone very talented, and they get to be successful. Yes, which very rarely but, happens from those shows. But yeah, most of like most of it is just getting people with very little insight into themselves to humiliate themselves on television. And for the few people that are talented and become successful, well, that happens anyway. It's not like we needed to do this big contest to do that. Okay. There's a pre-existing music industry. Like, <laughs> you don't need... Anyway, stop it is what I'm saying. So, the, like, stop it now. We had fun for a bit. Like, Big Brother came back last year. I know. During the time when the experience of being trapped in your house is precisely what we Everyone has want. now felt and is bored of talking about that it's hard to bring back a TV show entirely about that. Like, and, like being in the Big Brother house last year, you'd have been like, well, yeah, this is fine. This is all I would have been doing anyway. But there are people here. So this is absolutely like, this isn't a challenge because if I had to leave, I'd be doing this anyway by law. That diary chair that they had to sit on, like, imagine sitting on that and then getting up, disinfecting it to leave the room. <laughs> <laughs> Please wipe down the diary chair now. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they wouldn't have to social distance in there because you just seal it off, wouldn't you? Hopefully. Until the people leave mm. contaminated. Or there's always that person that they re-enter halfway through the competition mm. to shake things up, brings COVID in, ends the show real early. See, now that that would be that would be a great big brother. That'd where be a good they all start to get COVID and start to get really sick. It's like, well, you can stay in there if you want and keep trying to win. It'd be good for um, certain members of society to actually see COVID happening. The, so this real, let's have a reality show called COVID House. Yeah. Where, where you everyone who witness. thinks it's bullshit can go for a million dollars. You get to go and live <laughs> in the COVID house and there's just no medical assistance. No, get to see the horrific shit that people go through with their medical assistance. Even with yeah, what would be what would be annoying though would be some people wouldn't get sick and they'd be feel vindicated. Yeah, that's why it'd be good if the other people Where would die you? right next to them. I don't really want to see people die. This would be a good Black Mirror episode. It would be a great Black Mirror episode. Disney, but it's so it's like it's like that thing where who can keep their hand on the car for the longest, but it's just different diseases. <laughs> <laughs> who, who can stay? You know that's not bad. As like a sort of saw trap thing, a sort of like a weird, just a really prolonged saw trap. Yeah, it's a world where there's diseases that function well narratively, 
And <laughs> so it's not leprosy. It can't yeah. be leprosy. And, and it's, yeah, and it's Plague House. Big, big plague. Big plague. No, I don't like it. Plague House works, but Pla- Plague House just sounds like a, like a horror film company. Mm. Plague next from Plague House Pictures. The movie Plague House. <laughs> we, have, we have to start with this. That justifies the studio name, and then we expand. Anyway, Brenton Thwaites is someone who, well, we've been intrigued by his career, haven't we? Because we've been following it very closely for some time. And you've got a lot of interesting elements in it. You know, like there's lots to, lots to unpack, as people like to say. A, w- a wide range of things. A wide range. We've got... Over a short period of time. Over a pretty brief period of time. So he really... He, kicks off in about 2010 with his with his feature films and we've got you know indie sci-fi movies we've got sort of big big budget greek roman god movies we've got a pirates of the caribbean we're not skipping anything now look if i've seen it already do i have to watch it again (laughs) nothing yeah i actually liked gods of egypt oh well good Good. I don't think I've actually seen it. There's quite a there's quite a few in here that I that I haven't seen. Obviously, quite a few that I have. And for people who might have thought Craigslist went on a little bit <laughs> with its <laughs> seventy episodes or whatever it was, we've only got eighteen movies. Nice. To Will we do an to episode watch. For Titans? Yeah, I think we might have do. You watched Titans. I watched. I've watched season one, and I've been meaning to get around to season two for an incredibly long time. It's super do. good. Yeah. Well, like. He's doing some real good work. Hey, Nightwing saying fuck Batman on the Titans trailer was a cultural moment that people still talk of to this day. And it's a sentiment that I often share. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Never personally. I often fuck Batman. the, The part of the Batman movies I get the least out of usually is Batman. Um, oh, I am intrigued sad. for the Pattinson. For, for yeah, Pattinson. for Pattinson. I um, am thoroughly excited for Pattinson. Yeah. Which is this year? No, it's coming out next year. Cool. You realize the fourth Matrix movie comes out this year? Yeah, I know. That blew my mind. And Neil Patrick Harris is in it? Really? Yes. How? I don't know. Oh, I thoroughly What a hope weird he plays, vibe. Like, the tank character. You know, Tank from the first one who's yeah. on the computer? No, he's going to be a, a droid of some kind, isn't he? Oh, so Neil Patrick Harris is the new Agent Smith. <laughs> I, I, rec- I reckon Neil Patrick Harris will be a... Okay, here's, here's my Matrix 4 prediction that I just came <laughs> up with. Neil Patrick Harris will be a like a sort of Terminator. So he's like the machines create a human to infiltrate the human survivors mm. that looks like a person. And that's Neil Patrick Harris. And at some point, someone just like twists his head off and he keeps talking. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. He's an android. He's yeah, I guess that's an easier way of saying that, isn't it? <laughs> nah, I'm digging it. I'm, yeah. digging it. I'm keen for it. Yeah. I want to know what happens. Yeah. And I see Neil Patrick Harris sort of coming apart, sort of like a Lego man. You know, but he's... Like, in, he's basically Inspector Gadget, but badass. And maybe... Instead of Inspector Gadget, Colonel Gadget. And like the machines <laughs> develop his psychology too much, so he develops empathy for the people he's meant to be spying on. Ah. So then he turns on the machines. So he's the... One. Yeah, he's probably in this movie for like two minutes, and there's a very diverse <laughs> cast of people that I'm less familiar with that are probably the folks of the movie. Anyway, that's also not what we're talking about. What are we talking about? We're talking about Brenton Thwaites, and he's 
someone who, and tell me if you agree with this, I feel like Brenton Thwaites, someone who's clearly a very successful actor, has been yes. in a lot of, you know, some really good movies, some very interesting movies, mm-hmm. which we're going to get into. But someone who, at least I feel like, hasn't fully sort of popped in the way I've been expecting to happen for some time. Do you know what I mean? I do understand where you're coming from. There's, you know, like um, there's, there, there's a lot of ground still to, despite all the good work that's already occurred, there's a lot of ground still to cover, I feel like. And that's what what made me more interested in doing this as a series is figuring can, out what we've done so far. And then the question for us is, how do we help Brenton get to that next stage? How do we blow him up even more? It's really a next stage. I think it's just a a constant level of work because he does quite a lot of work. Yeah, like that. Like some of his films are quite spaced out, Mm -hmm. but consistently he's fantastic. And like, yeah, I've I've yet to, and having watched the first one, find a bad performance (laughs) from Brenton Thwaites. Yeah, like and even given this first one, that really is saying something. I think so too. Yeah. Um. So, like, I have no doubt that there will be a mm. time when he gets asked or invited or manages to it's see. It's all right, Wednesday. It's very sad he hasn't had. He's but, not there yet. Um. I have no doubt that there will be a time when he Leonardo's. When he yeah. when he decapries that O. Yeah. He hasn't. Yeah. He hasn't. He hasn't. <laughs> he hasn't. There's untapped potential. There is. You know. Or. But, it's even it's clear. I don't know. He had he's but, some like I think his strength and weakness is that he hasn't he hasn't locked into his thing at any point, you know? I think there'd it, be times where you could have seen him getting sort of pigeonholed as a sort of Liam Hemsworth yep. kind of kind of person. Like that is the great risk for someone like Brenton, I think, is you know not um just not a character actor, a leading man well like it's straight guy it yeah it's the straight guy you know sort of literally and figuratively who i mean really the liam hemsworth problem is having a more talented brother <laughs> that's his big, yes that's one of Luke. his biggest problems Luke. and at least brenton doesn't have that problem <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing worse as an actor to have your better actor as a <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Liam. Must um, be sad for Matt. Come on, Gilliland. come on the pod. We'd love to talk about it. But I think <laughs> there's movies Brenton has done. Well, I guess, I guess like Maleficent, and I guess Dead Men Tell No Tales, where he's flirting with that Liam Hemsworth territory. Also, I guess kind of what ended up happening to Orlando Bloom. I which think. is a couple of those sorts of roles and then never being able to, for Great. whatever reason, find that next thing or their next chapter or something else to expand into. And so I think that's been something that's really interesting and good about this career that I think he's obviously very intentionally worked on his range and expands into these different areas. But yes. it also, And it also means it's really not obvious what what is next and what is even possible for an actor like Brenton Thwaites. Would you agree with that? I um, I, I I do see where you're coming from. Yeah. Okay. So that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to do an episode per movie, and I'm I think we'll do like an episode per season for Titans, and 
And so today we've watched the first film that Brenton was ever in, as far as we can tell. Yes. As as per the we internet. That'll be a question for him when he comes on. Oh, say, definitely. Are there any secret hidden For the first of movies? his episodes that he guests he guess yeah. stars, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, we're waiting for you to reach out to us. <laughs> so, you know, feel... Um, just get in touch with our people and yes. they'll let us know. I'll wait for your people to get in touch with my people. Um, and we'll... And, um, you know, because obviously we're the talent. You know, so we so we're not going to sort of worry about those sorts of pedestrian, bureaucratic, administrative issues. But you know, we'll figure out a time. We'll figure out a time. But we've watched the first film, which is called Charge Over You. That is indeed what it's called. That is what it's called, and we're going to talk about that very soon. <laughs> but first, I thought we should do our, for, uh, our the the latest instalment of our. Uh, what are we going to call this? We haven't this to the show now. The show itself. Yeah. We we had Thwaites Mates, which is pretty good. It is pretty good. It rhymes. Yeah. Rhymes are all uh, catchy. Yeah. People love rhymes. They do. They do. Um, so what else rhymes with Thwaites? Um, Rates. So there's, there's rating Thwaites. I don't like I don't like thinking that we're rating him. Yeah, are that we? sounds a bit harsh, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. It and does. we're not. We're not. We're just chatting. We're just like dis- we're like discussing Thwaites. Yeah, I don't think we're going to put these in a list of best to worst. Well, we will. We'll have. We'll we'll have to discuss that as well because I'm not sure what we, we're going to do. But I mean, he's he's in a film with you and McGregor, mm-hmm. who is an amazing actor. He is. Are you saying that's already the best one? Okay. Yep. Well, you you make you're making a lot of judgments very early on here, Isaac. But that's fine. Um, but no, I don't is this Thwaites mates implying put... that we are Thwaites' mates? I think that's what it implies, and I don't really want to lie to the public. <laughs> Thwaites' best mates. <laughs> oh, that's much better. Thwaites' much better. closest mates. <laughs> mates. Oh, Thwaites. Mates are Thwaites. <laughs> mates are Thwaites. Oh, yeah. Thwaites ahoy. That's just... Actually, Thwaites ahoy is pretty good. Yeah, because of pirates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, doesn't mean anything. <laughs> doesn't tell you anything. Imagine just <laughs> hearing that and trying to Wait, guess so what the show is about. We've already um, established it's a thoroughly implausible I think, name. I think what we call it is the Brenton Thwaites Hour. The Brenton Thwaites. The Brenton Thwaites Hour. There's something hour. to that. There's something about Brenton. None of the episodes will ever go for exactly an hour. Yeah. Some will be shorter, some will be longer. Thwaites cast. What about the Brenton Thwaites Collective? Yeah. Because <laughs> We're I feel using like his actual name, we can't use his actual. Yeah, are we allowed to do that? At most are we allowed to do that? <laughs> That'll get his people talking to him. <laughs> the the official Brenton Thwaites fan club brackets sanctioned by Brenton Thwaites personally. <laughs> Close brackets. Maybe we can't have his name in it at all. I think we can. I mean, it's a thoroughly implausible name, so we can just. <laughs> If they if they ask us, we'll say we didn't know it was his name, and it's just a coincidence. Oh, we thought that was a stage name. <laughs> no, we'll just. It was completely understandable that we thought he'd just come up with that at uni and decided I'm yeah. going to be known as Brenton Thwaites. Yeah, we now. thought it was like Sia or something. <laughs> it's one word, right? It's hyphenated. Yeah, it's Brenton. Yeah, Brenton Thwaites is <laughs> Brenton Thwaites. Brenton Thwaites, no space. <laughs> um. So the currently unnamed show. Okay. So yeah, I don't know if. 
I guess let us know if you if you think of a good name. <laughs> Brenton? Um, yeah, Brenton, if there's something if you, you something if you, you request like something, we will do that. <laughs> the the Brenton Thwaites hour. For now, I think that's a good one. Hour because of, I like that we're not going to do Thwaites. this for an hour. The Brenton Thwaites hour Thwaites screams hour. that he's here every time, and he's not. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Until he is, he's not. Um. I also really like the idea of him not being here ever. On the Brenton Thwaites Hour. And then this week on the Brenton Thwaites Hour, Brenton Thwaites. <laughs> a surprise. A surprise visit by Brenton Thwaites. You know, if we call it the Brenton Thwaites Hour, that really probably will get his attention a lot quicker. <laughs> In terms of like search engine optimization. This how, week on the Brenton Thwaites Hour, how we're being shut down by <laughs> Brenton Thwaites. Welcome to the last episode. <laughs> The first and only would, time yeah. starring Brenton Dwight. I wonder how high can we get on a Google search of Brenton <laughs> Dwight if we just relentlessly put... I would be so sad if the first thing you search was that. Well, no. It can't be. He has well, no, a but no, Wikipedia page. We just need to be careful with the narrative here because if the first thing you found is us, the first thing you're finding is hours and hours of two adult men. <laughs> Endlessly talking about in minute detail the Everything talents and achievements of Brenton Thwaites and scoping out potential past for his his future. Like I presume casting agents are gonna be listening to this, you know, like directors, you know? Yeah. You know I, what he, I hope not. Because I don't think we have a really good point of view for his career. <laughs> yeah, That's we're gonna a have Brenton a, decision. We're gonna have well, we're not making decisions, we're brainstorming. This oh, is like we're relating options for this you. is like a this is like a think tank. Uh-huh. That's how I'd <laughs> the, the Brenton Thwaites think tank. <laughs> Thwaites tank. I where think we... the Brenton Thwaites hour is the best title. Thus it far. is still the best title, but I don't quite like it. The Brenton Thwaites hour is it, it is, is the best a good title idea we've had, but I I just don't. <laughs> Something about it that I don't, that I don't quite like. There's a level of fear <clears throat> for if we use it. There is a level how of quickly, fear, but that's fun. How, a little frisson of, <laughs> of danger. We'll get shut down. Yeah. Well, well I'll just, what we'll if just we verbally just say it's the Brenton Thwaites Hour every episode, but, but it's not called that. It's just called, <laughs> you know, it's just exceptional thieves. Yeah. Welcome to the Brenton Thwaites Hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's good oh, as well. We write the title exceptional thieves. Mm-hmm. But in really small letters, making up the entire words, it says the Brenton Thwaites Hour, the Brenton Thwaites Hour, the Brenton Thwaites Hour, the Brenton Thwaites Hour. Yeah, nice. He'd be fine with that, right? Yeah, I it's think... It's just a, con- a, a random ass- assignment of letters. What that happens to be in the order that this is named. Yeah, let's put a, a dot point between every letter, and then it looks like it's an acronym. Ah, yes. We don't the, know what the, the acronym means. the B stands for Brenton. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um... It, you know, now I think about it, it is a strange name. Now we've said it this many times, <laughs> it is a little bit unusual. I, st- you know, it's still great, but still but no, great. this is. I want this to be a boost for Mister Thwaites. Okay, that's and all. That, would be. That's all we're doing. That's all we're doing here, and because you know, we are, we are developing the imaginarium, the oh. imaginative space in which potential future. Roles and opportunities for Brenton Thwaites can be explored. I could see this is this is just spitball and straight from the start. Okay. From what I've seen 
of Brenton's actual work. Mm-hmm. Have you seen like, Rear Window by old, Alfred Hitchcock? Um, no. I know who James Stewart is. I haven't seen a young movie. James Stewart. Has a very Brenton quality, I think. Mm-hmm. He's got a kind of classical Hollywood. He does have a, a golden look. age Hollywood look. Yeah, which is again kind of a strength and a weakness. A little bit tanner than the golden age Hollywood stars would have been. Yeah, because they were all very pale, all American white boys. Because it was not a great era for society in general. For, for diversity, yeah. No, he's he, he's not. He hasn't got. Uh, that uh, that waspiness mm. that uh, that someone like Jimmy Stewart might have had, but he does have that classical Hollywood look, which again strength strength and weakness. I think it's that's part of what makes Nightwing such a good choice. It is a great choice because he, it's a great to have him as someone who st- started as a Robin type character, who has now become sort of a man in his own right, traumatized and sort of become more. Wildly aggressive and weird. <laughs> He's become the Joker. He no, hasn't. No, it's actually that's a, not a path. A really for good him. character development for for the Nightwing character in that show. But we're not talking mm-hmm. about that. What mm-hmm. are we talking about? Charge over you. Yeah, well, no. Before we get to that, we were going to do the latest installment of our classic recurring segment, Craig News, because as have you got any Craig News? Yes, I've got Craig News. You okay, think you think I'd be doing at least forty five minutes long already? You think I'd be doing this segment if I didn't have any Craig news? Okay, we'll whip through. <laughs> yes, it quickly. I do think we will be doing the segment because if the there's end. one, if, if there's one thing I can guarantee you is that anyone who's listened to the first episode of the Brenton Thwaites Hour, if there's anything they love, it's Daniel Craig, <laughs> and so they're very excited to hear about what's going on with him. Um, so not a huge amount um, has been. So we do know has been given $100 million to do the next Knives Out movies. Yes, we knew that. They were on Netflix. Knives Out 2 and Knives Out 3 confirmed. Preferably not called Knives Out 2 and 3. Preferably with nice titles. Yeah. Well, look, I've been a long-standing proponent of the title Forks In. Or Spoons Over. Spoons Over. Spoons Over for the third one. Hmm. You know, I think... I think that's I think that's that's pretty obvious. Um, the Knives Out two casting pretty exciting. Dave Bautista on board. We've we've talked about Army of the Dead not on any sort of re- like recorded device. Yeah, but we talked about it on my wedding day. As much day as we hated long. Army of the Dead, yeah. Dave it's Bautista not, has a brain for a head. It's <laughs> in that movie the way he's concentrating. Oh, with man. his lack of hair, that bra- his whole head is brow, and it is it is upsettingly furrowed. And I love me some Dave Bautista. He he's, is a very capable actor. Yeah, but he's just he's a bit too upset in that. In that, yes, like he's acting too much. I want to see him do comedy, and Knives Out is the perfect place for Dave Bautista to move next. Yeah, Dave yeah, Bautista with a a long blonde He Man wig. I think maybe like a mohawk of some kind. Yeah, I think he looks so he looks so concerned in Army of the Dead. Like he looks like constant. It's constant. Well, they are yeah. an Army of the Dead, and that is concerning. Yeah, understandably. Concerned. Yeah, I'd be concerned about that. My my brow would be forward also. But yeah, he looks like he looks like he's got a stomachache or something. <laughs> but yeah, Dave Tee's a just great choice. Living with a migraine for that entire film. <laughs> Edward Norton. In, yep, cool. confirmed. Catherine Hahn, confirmed. Great actress. Kate Hudson, confirmed. 
And then a few other actors whose names I'm less familiar with, but I'm sure will be very interesting as well. And Brenton Thwaites. Hey, hey. They haven't started filming yet. And they haven't know. announced casting for the third one, so for wow. Spoons Over. Spoons Over, Brenton. Brenton Thwaites in... Okay. So the our goal <laughs> here is how do we get Brenton Thwaites in, in the third in a Daniel Craig movie? So how do we get the streams to align? Of the podcast. <laughs> That's brilliant. It is brilliant. Yeah. Um, They've not worked together yet. So Knives Out 2 and 3 announced. And long-term listeners of the show might be familiar with our classic recurring segment, Bezos Talk. You mean our classic recurring segment about how we just hate Jack how, Bezos? Yeah. How we... How we, like, we it's sort of strangely became a feature of our conversations <laughs> that it would come up. <laughs> our sort of general no distaste reason. for Jeff Bezos. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, no, for good reason to have that distaste, but I don't know why I kept coming up on the Daniel Craig <laughs> podcast. Anyway. Because we um, love Daniel Craig so much, you have to get a little bit of hatred in there somehow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We and, had just had to have a little bit of light and shade, but um, I did think it, it classified as Craig news that Amazon has now bought MGM, which means Jeff Bezos now owns James Bond. Hmm. So he's had the last laugh. He has. He probably could, did that. Because I, of us. I can, Sorry, Daniel. I can only assume that he was listening and he just decided to fuck with us in, a, like, in the way only a billionaire can, which yeah. is, oh, yeah, if you don't like me, I will buy everything you love <laughs> and then mm. destroy it. Imagine that. I'm going to do a James Bond trilogy and get J.J. Abrams to just direct the first and third ones. <laughs> um. They haven't announced the next Bond yet, have they? They haven't announced it. They, and they won't till No Time to Die. Okay, cool. Brenton's the perfect choice. Hey, hey, now we're, now we're thinking. We are thinking. Now we are. This th- is big brain talk. This is, welcome back to big brain Brenton talk. <laughs> <laughs> big picture Brenton talk. Big picture Brenton is a great segment to talk about where Brenton can go next. Yes, okay. Where we, <laughs> two people who have no... Hey, hey, no... Isaac, we watch a lot of movies, all right? <laughs> we do watch a lot of movies, but I've not studied talking about movies. Well, I mean, we've studied, you know, we've, we've, we've got a degree from the School of Life, you know what I mean? The School of Hard Knocks, and, as, and, a, and, as a, and a certificate for advanced learning from the School of Hard Knocks. So, you know what? You know what I realized? I think we're. Ro- I don't know if I've said this before. <laughs> I think we're we're approaching the point where it's going to be a status symbol to not have a podcast. There are a lot of podcasts. Like there's so like everyone has one. It's like it's just like like I think for for. A public figure of any kind having a podcast is becoming more like just having a Twitter account. Yep. Like it's just a given that you also put content out that way. And I think it's going to get to the point where someone who doesn't have a podcast is like someone who isn't on social media, which communicates that they're so big, they don't need to put themselves in front of their audience that way. They can just, you know, live. They can just live. And if you hear anything from them, it's because they're at the World Economic Forum or on Oprah. Or talking to the Queen. Like, that's when they... <laughs> you know? Yep. So... So are we... So, like, it's not... It, it's, starting this podcast I'm by just, saying where this is the last episode. <laughs> I'm just making the point that it's... It's the Wade's hour. It's in no way notable to have a podcast at this point. <laughs> but it's almost, like, weirder to not have one. Is it? 
I think it's fine to not have a podcast. It's definitely fine. Yeah. And if you can live your life without an audience, you should do it. Like, I don't think Brenton has a podcast. No. DC doesn't Yet. have no podcasts. And I feel as though they are both quite normal Like humans. official. Yeah, so touche, Bezos. Touche. Uh, we've got to figure out what our next move is now that we are locked in this battle of wills with the richest man in the world. <laughs> that he um, has no idea about. I mean, you know, we moved our porn out, which was to like make fun of him and his weird shiny head and how evil he is on our podcast. And he took that porn with every piece and, he owns. And he flipped the board, <laughs> which is how you, uh, which is a classic billionaire move. It is a classic way of how someone who's ra- that rich wins any game you don't figure out how to win the game you destroy the game and then and then you figure out how to live in space before the planet ecosystem completely collapses (laughs) and leaves us Um, all here to die yeah so the next bond movie is got bezos at the back of it you know emma emma and i were talking and she's she's (laughs) like i'm I'm gonna sound stupid here i said go on said amazon yeah how they do movies now? Because <laughs> like, yeah, I, I thought you just like, I thought they were a shop. Yeah. But now they're doing Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah, I, it's, I, a, <laughs> it's a stretch. I, 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 thought it was, I thought it was a rainforest. <laughs> I thought it was a rainforest. Next, you know, they're doing Lord of the Rings. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah, and I bought the Funko Pop of Daniel Craig. Wonderful. Of him from No Time to Die. Wonderful. Just Brenton, cause... just so you know, your first episode, we've got a Funko Pop of Daniel Craig from No Time to Die. I've looked into it and I cannot find a Nightwing Funko Pop currently. And I feel like oh, that should one. be out there. There'd be one. Googling. There'd okay. be a Funko Pop at least of his character from Pirates of the Caribbean. You reckon? Yeah, there would be. There'd be action figures as well. Little Brenton action figures. Oh, we've got to get those. I hope he has them. I thoroughly hope there is a shelf in Brenton's cupboard somewhere, yeah. hidden from view. Oh, no, I want it in full. I want it mantelpiece over the fire. I want him to have a fire. He, I, he resides on the Gold Coast. I don't think a fireplace Well, is let's necessary. not get too specific about his personal life. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the other rule we're carrying through. We didn't get... We don't talk about personal lives. We don't need to. That's the thin veneer... Oh, that's the the only barrier to full-blown stalker creepiness that we managed to maintain <laughs> in this weird project. Can't see a, a Henry Turner Funko Pop. So I feel like this this is our point. We need Brinson at the level where he's getting Funko Pops. We do. You know? For getting, every film. Every film, regardless. I want him to go back and make them for all of the previous films. I want to charge over you Funko Pop. All right, so that's all That's all the Craig news for now. And now we can move on to Charge Over You. The Brenton Thwaites Club. Oh, also apparently Mark Strong auditioned to be a baddie in one of the Pierce Brosnan Bond movies, but he got so drunk the night before with Daniel Craig I that he fucked that. up the audition and couldn't remember his lines. I saw that. That's that's a fun bit of Craig tint. That is a fun bit of Craig tint that Mark Strong was partying with Daniel Craig in the late 90s. Yeah, presumably on the whilst filming... Our Friends in the North. Definitely whilst filming Our Friends in the North. Yeah. Uh, For any of our Brenton fans that don't know what we're talking about, well, it would take hours for you to catch up. Do (laughs) feel free um, to go back to the back catalogue of Craigslist. Mark Strong, another good Knives Out edition. 
Is he in the new sequel? No, but he, but could he would be, be fantastic in a Knives Out movie. He'd be like the. He'd be another detective who mm. who battles wits against old Daniel Craig's. Yeah, he's he's someone he's he's a detective who's and he's there in the first half of the movie, but then halfway through it's revealed that he's someone who like does the murder so he can investigate them Ooh. and he gets dispatched and normally that would be the end of it but that's when the the plot twist happens instead of a um mystery author he makes mystery films he's a director of mystery films uh-huh. okay who murders people so that his films feel more realistic if the murder has actually happened. Oh, so he likes to make films based on real events. Yes. So he orchestrates the real events. He orchestrates the real events. Hey, that could be a sort of, that would be an all right premise for a sort of sanctimonious movie about the dangers of social media and like and snuff films and stuff. Are you showing me the Brenton Thwaites Nightwing action figure? It's a statue. You know how people get those collectible statues? It's a collectible. It's a collectible. Oh, wow. I feel like that outfit's a much brighter blue there than they ever allow into the TV show. Yes, but it's dark and moody. All right, well, we've got to get that. Actually, See, this is good because this, this gives us we'll another... We'll have to send him one. This Probably gives us have it. another new... Yeah, signed by us. <laughs> <laughs> we've drawn all over it. <laughs> so... Charge Over You. So Charge Over You. Charge Over You is a film released in 2010, which you can go and watch if you want, because it's available on YouTube. Charge Over You. It's available via the YouTube channel. Oh, shut up. It's available via the YouTube channel Encourage TV, which is just, it's really one of those, you know, when you hear a name and you, you can immediately tell that's leaving something out. Yes. You know, so Encourage TV, It's uh, the subtitle is Free Faith and Family. Yep. Yes, it is. So it's like we give you faith for free or something? So, and, and, yeah, it's free faith. So free, free faith. You know? Sick of paying for faith. <laughs> Have you Sick been... that little donations tray getting passed around when you're getting that fresh squeezed Jesus? Are you... Start, are you is, is your faith subscription really starting to hurt the old pocketbook? <laughs> Did you have money in pocketbooks? Um, Is that what that was? I'm also just right. a, a book you could read that would fit in your pocket. No, a pocketbook was for your money. You know what I'm watching at the moment? What? How I Met Your Mother. Ah, having a rewatch. This is another tangent. Just because just enough time has gone by that I can now watch it as like a historical artifact. <laughs> you know? Like season one is 2005. And... Um, yeah, the one of the characters refer to their address book. Nice. Like Jesus. Because they didn't have a phone that could do that. You just for had them to yet. write people's addresses down. They didn't have a phone. Whereas now you just do don't write yet. anyone's addresses down because you don't physically go to see anybody and you know like three people and you can just remember where they live. You can. And you and you know who's in the <laughs> second episode of How I Met Your Mother? Whom? John Bernthal, playing a character called Carlos. It's not in very many episodes as Carlos. Noted Jewish actor John Bernthal <laughs> plays Carlos in How I Met Your Mother. It was a different time. Charge Over You is, well, whatever. It's a Christian movie. It is. But, There's no way around that. And um, I, for a lot of the movie, quite subtle. Yes, and, I, and that's, that's 
one of the problems I think <laughs> with this with this film. I'm very I I can have a lot of questions for Brenton when he comes on about about Charger of You. I'm very interested in what the context. I'd is. I'd rather not bring it up because I, I don't think he's going to want to bring it up. You don't reckon? Do you think he I doesn't, don't think he would remember much much of it? Do you think he doesn't like us drawing this much attention to it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I this so, is but a, also it is work. It is a learning curve. Hey, you start in some place. Look, there's not look. I don't think anyone would say one that this film is, you know, a, an amazing piece of work. Yeah, no, yes, of course. But that's not the point. It's you not. Know? It's You're also not a it. bad piece of work. It's well, there is some. There's very some... nice filmmaking yeah achieved with the film itself okay and i think also it's something you do while you're studying your profession yeah exactly you say yes to a role and you go for it yeah like i actually wonder how explicit was the fact that it's a christian movie sort of even on set made you know was everyone on set a sort of even even there, being like, is this what do we? And and just sort of the writer, the director were like, oh, well, you know, this is interesting, isn't it? The kind of implicit values that seem to arise out of these story events. It's, mm, I mean, I'm I'm not going to lead you to the door here, but I, you know, I I wonder what sort of conclusions one might draw about what sort of values yeah. are the best to use when navigating this crazy thing we call life. Anyway, movies <laughs> along the same vein though, like Legion, in which angels come to protect mortals yeah but can't be considered christian films well well no i think well legion is that's a more sort of it's an action horror it's an action horror that's using some sort of christian's like spiritual like architecture yes. to build its story around i think we should just go th- we don't have to go through it minutely but i want to go through the plot of this movie in a way that we can reveal its twists to our listeners in, in the, the same, same way, way that, we were, we were told way, them, it was revealed to us. Yeah, young just because I think lady, <laughs> y- yeah. whose name is Sarah. Um, I think so. Yes, Sarah is a college student in Brisbane, Australia. Sarah Goodall, it's very clearly Brisbane, Australia. Yeah, so so that that makes it a little bit more interesting for us. She is, for some reason, studying to be a doctor, but for the purposes of the film, is doing an ethics course. In well, which she has to write an essay about a creation myth. A creation myth. Yeah. So there's a there's there, there's a few things going on. She's a she's a university student who is very sad because of the untimely death of her mother, mm-hmm. and she's studying something. I think she wants to be a doctor at some point. <laughs> yes. Uh, but she's studying some sort of subject at the moment, which <laughs> which includes a lot of different components. <laughs> so there's, um, there's, there is one shot where you see the, the title of one of her textbooks, and it's called Science and the Future. Ooh. And then she's like, the, and then the lecture is like quoting Nietzsche. And then it's like, now don't forget your psychology readings for tomorrow. I'm like, what subject is this? <laughs> and then, and, and then do your essay on creation myths. Um, but anyway, so it, we open with a girl who's, I presumably had a drug overdose. 
There is a pill next to her. There's hand. a single pill and an empty pill bottle. Yeah. And she's sort of ah oh, on the floor. And some two and two paramedics come in and do some CPR. Without saying a word. They don't say another. anything to each other. So there's these weirdly like I thought it was meant to be a sort of creepy, grim choice that these paramedics sort of like that's actually quite cool to have the paramedics not be in a way, you're not over-dramatizing it. Uh-huh. You're like, you know what? This is a job. It's it's a good thing to stay calm and not be yelling and just sort of work on what we've got to do here. Um, but these, So there are these very sort of gaunt paramedics come in, sort of angels of death. <laughs> and they kind of are angels of death because, and I know this is a hobby horse of mine, but I'm never going to let it go. Some of this, this is some of the worst movie CPR I've ever seen. Yes, it is. And look... We don't have to be CPR experts. That's fine. But you, if we are compelled by law to have CPR instructions on every pool fence, and if you just <laughs> read what's on that and did it in your movie, <laughs> then you'd be fine. But they don't. It's it's it's. They just make. And this isn't this movie's problem. This is every this movie. Is movie's problem. No one ever just. Google CPR. Like, some of these big movies, they must have first aid people on set. Can't they ask them? Um, like, by the way, what's CPR? Something I've learned in recent times. Every single set in Australia is required by law to have a first aid trained safety officer and a on de- set at all times. And a defib, I presume. And, an well, AED. the defib is there for larger casts, yes. Yeah. Um, so, but it's just like, it's not that hard, CPR. It's not that it's hard. It's also not difficult. It's not that hard. Anyway... <laughs> Do you just, if you just... Can you imagine, though, just being, like, a random gaffer? Just, like, sitting in the background and those people are doing it. Just lean into the director. Uh, that's not actually... How you Stand aside. This is not a movie about CPR, all right? <laughs> We've got a larger narrative point to, <laughs> to drive home Also, here, the which opening is that scene of the film is very prolonged. It's very long. They she do takes... CPR for a... Terribly. For a long time. Yeah. Also, like, quite good to do it for a long time because that's that's also sort of going against tropes. But yeah. still, it's like... it. That was bad. So they, they, wheel him, they wheel her out, mm-hmm. all dead and everything, and, like, Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer is there watching yep. them leave, and we get our first shot of Brenton. And Sarah standing and next Sarah. to each other yeah. in what is clearly a dorm room at UQ. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. At, at a in a university in a dormitory. University. So this girl has mm-hmm. there's it's there's like party music or whatever. Um, and so we get Brenton, we get glasses, Brenton, an exciting Brenton version. I don't, it is. It's a different Brenton. Version. I don't know if we get glasses, Brenton again. We'll have to keep Brenton an eye out for may it. wear glasses in several films, but I don't think it's a constant thing. Does Dick Grayson wear glasses? Dick Grayson does not wear glasses. Oh. It could though. It's a little bit Superman-y then, though, isn't it? When it's he's at his day job. Um, Brenton could have been cast as a Superman, but that's fine. Different choices, different choices. Yeah, maybe he's a Superman. I just want to see him do more stuff. I don't know. I feel like like, like Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, that's a good choice. Like that's a, that's a Superman right there. Brenton's got a slightly different, a more um, sinewed. And yeah, he doesn't have that like, Tom Cruise esque feeling. You couldn't see Tom Cruise like, as Superman, but you could exactly. see Tom Cruise as a different hero. Yeah, a vigilante. Yeah. yeah, 
Yeah. Superman, you don't see as being a vigilante. Like I think Brenton Sup- mm. has that vigilante vibe. Superman and Batman, they both sort of have to have like ten foot wide shoulders. Yes, and like, like a, yes, and they like got to turn on the side to walk through hallways and doors. Yeah, and sort of like a, a chest, like a like a dinner table or something. Yeah, like that chest holster that Idris Elba has in Hobson Shaw. That's so fucking small, and awkwardly weird. I love the chest holster. It's see, it's a cool thing. Tried watching that because ag- he's a big man. Yeah, it's just this little, tiny little chest holster for his miniature gun. That's sometimes that is man. That is James Bond man hands just grab. Yeah, and he points at people. <laughs> He'd go to use and just shatter it in his hand. <laughs> oh damn it! He, he, you know, damn my incredible in strength. Film, he could have just pointed. He could have had finger guns and made finger guns He could have had literal badass. finger guns. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about that is if your fingers are guns, that's like ostensibly cool, but you will look really lame doing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> Nobody move. Imagine, I got finger guns. Oh, imagine being killed by a literal finger gun. Imagine Idris Elba <laughs> with finger guns. <laughs> And you'd have to resist the temptation to go pew pew every time you find them. <laughs> I don't have to harder. do it. They make a sound it themselves. It would be harder than when you're holding a prop gun and you go to make the laser noise or whatever it is. It'd yeah. be much harder to not do that when you're pointing finger guns. <laughs> <laughs> but those lame, like, you know how people use two fingers to make it seem cooler? <laughs> yes. Lame one yeah, finger, yeah. cool. <laughs> one finger finger gun. Well, yeah, the one finger finger gun, that's like office party. Like, hey, yeah. hey, look who's finally here. Be the badass ones instead of the two finger two guns. Two finger finger guns is <laughs> saying, no, I am going to shoot you. I just don't have the gun here. This is. <laughs> there is such a difference between one and two finger guns. This, the the two one finger... finger is super lame and like, hey. Yeah. And then two fingers are like. It's like, I. I've made the decision to murder you, <laughs> and I'm so confident that I'm going to be able to do it. I want you to know I'm going to do it now, and I'm going to come back and do it later. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Three finger finger gun. You've got no idea where they're coming from now. It's here. it's just him holding it, holding a record, but really badly. <laughs> yeah, this is then, a vinyl. Well, this is a this is a original printing of. <laughs> Nothing. Charge over you. For then four theme. fingers in, it's just karate. So we get glasses, Brenton Thwaites. Glasses, Brenton Thwaites. And it, it's not clear at that point that Sarah's the main character. But anyway, then it's the uni lecture, and she's talking about logic, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the and it's the cool hip university lecture. She's not a lame like a like a no, she's leading like a like a desk. like a pastor or something. She's like a cool modern uni lecturer, <laughs> and she's and she's like, and so now you, you're like, and I I love the way they slipped this this list in. She's like. You know, people have lots of different myths of how the world was created. There's, you know, the the Genesis creation myth in the Bible. There's the Greek and Roman myths. There's the theory of evolution. These are all the different ways that people... <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. This well, is the... Go back one, go back one. <laughs> These are just all the different weird things that people might believe for <laughs> using the exact same reasoning processes. Um, anyway... Um, and so they, so it's, and it's like it, they just really hammer home that this is a big deal, this assignment they have to do. Yep, you and have an is, entire semester to do it. This is most of your mark. They obviously sort of want to undermine evolution as a like valid yes way of understanding how life evolved. 
but they don't actually have any argument to mount against it. So they just keep like alluding to it. When the discussion about this, they keep saying like, it's really, you know, this is a really important assignment. Don't take the easy way out with this assignment. Don't take the easy way out. And then she's like, Sarah, what are you going to write? He's like, well, I'll probably write about evolution. That's what everybody's writing about, I guess. Like, what are you saying? Like, yeah, that's the problem with evolution. Too many people are into it. And it's the easy road when coming up with a creation myth. Try to think a little bit harder. It just, in a way, I think this movie would be better if it was less subtle. Yes. You know? It, it By trying to not come out and say what it is and what it's doing, it makes it harder to know what it is it's trying to say. Or if it was just more upfront about, by the way, all the characters on screen are Christian and this young woman is having a crisis of faith as a result of the untimely death of her mother. That you could you could get on board with that at least as like okay this okay this makes sense as a as a storyline but because it doesn't want to say that it's like oh you know so it's it's like Christian being Christian isn't isn't a choice or like a way to be it's just like the neutral background of life in which these characters exist <laughs> and if we ever explicitly say it that implies there's something to say about it and there isn't anything to say about it because it's it's normal it is it's the given norm yes yeah so anyway. What I liked about this scene was the class ended and then the bell went off. Because she knew. Because teachers know when a class is going to end. They're not halfway through a sentence that pertains to the plot and then the bell goes off I and like they have the... to talk over the bell while everyone's leaving and I'll see you next week. That's quite realistic for, yeah. for your film writing, yes. That was good. That was good. Then Brenton's talking to his new mate from UCLA. Yep. Um, so the only Australian with an American accent. Yeah. The so they make one of them be American for the whole movie, which you know, whatever. Um, and so then, because he wanted it for his show reel. That is, that is good for your show reel, isn't it? It is yes. good for your show reel, yeah. and it's a good accent. He does well. Nothing wrong there at all. Mm. So interesting. I was looking. I was trying to find stuff about the uh, the actors. I think Brenton's really the only one who's sort of still going. Who's yeah? Who made it out of this one the ucla looks like he's in a lot of sort of australian tv shows and stuff still yeah. um the but, guy uh, who plays dane the spike the, spike character he's yeah. in a couple of things i'm pretty sure okay just australian things yeah not a huge amount though no not having to go no uh they're but not brenton thwaites they're not you know that's no. their problem i mean that, he, that is their problem they are very much not brenton's problem they <laughs> He is yeah, Brent. Brent the problem. They are very much the Liam Hemsworth to his Chris Hemsworth within the context of this film. So it actually gets kind of difficult to say what happens in the film. Well, basically, it's kind of it's it's we it's can very give quiet an overview, it? just a, a a quick overview. She meets um so so Spike, whose real name well, she is doesn't Dane. meet him yet. She goes home. He's there when the when the woman's getting wheeled oh, out yeah, because she's having all, a crisis of faith at the time. She goes yeah. home and one of the girls from her dorm asks if she wants to come and use a Ouija board. Yeah. Um, because they're doing a seance. She's yeah. like, "What's that?" And she goes, "You know, you can commune with the dead." And we've been alluded to that her mother has died and yeah. that this person from their dorm has overdosed, so they've died. So maybe the girls are wanting to talk to this person. So it was going down a weird vibe. While yeah. she's there, she touches the Ouija board once yeah. and then leaves and, well, and yeah. meets Spike. So 
and invites him this was, into her room. I thought this was interesting that this is a character who it establishes before this her mother recently died. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of depressed. Mm-hmm. And someone has recently died in their dorm. Mm-hmm. And now she's potentially being exposed to the spirit world. Mm-hmm. And so then she touches the Ouija board. And the question she asks is, will I get through uni? Yep. That's what she cares about most. Which... Is it? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I. It It is meant to be a point of tension later on that she's not doing well in uni despite obviously being very smart and should be doing well. Yes. Um, but I don't know. It was just kind of such a nothing question. And then when she says that, like the lights flash, candles blow out, like a ghostly wind blows through the room as if it's in response to that question. Mm-hmm. You know, I imagine the spirit world being like, no, you won't. I love that. She then runs because ghostly spirits. She's like, I've had nothing the of remain, out of here. She turns the lights on because the girls are screaming. Yeah, that As means she, the lights went out, but then flicking them back. She just turned them on, yeah. Yeah, they went out, and then the candles blew out. But she turns the lights on, the girls stop screaming, and as she runs away, they laugh as yeah. though they were not afraid of the actual ghostly that wind. Was, that was terrifying. That put out all of their candles. Mate, if we're ever doing a weed, if we're ever having one of our Ouija nights... And candles go out? And the lights and the light switch starts flicking. That's proper scary. I'm I'm out of there. Yeah, you know. we'll stay at your house that night. I'm not. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. I'm not staying wherever the Ouija board is. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, Ouija boards are one of those great things where, like, in a, it's like it's so basic and stupid, but if you did it right, it can still be really scary. Yes, in a exactly. Film. The, you know, just like those basic like horror concepts of no, something came through and is following you now. Yes. If the, it's if it's done well, it can be really you know that sort of elevated horror. Um, anyway, she goes back to her room, meets. <laughs> Did you Dane take, and invites him in? Did you take from that Ouija board thing that something supernatural had happened and was now going to have some sort of influence on the plot? No, not in the slightest. Okay, great. No, I took neither. from that Ouija board that the wind blew the things out. She was like, yeah, this is fucking bullshit. Turn the mm. light on. I'm all leave. Yeah. So then Dane is there and he gets the door for her and helps her go into her room. Yes. She like can't open her door. For some reason. And he's like, here, oh, let me. me, let me. And so she does. I don't think she does invite him in. No, he comes in. Really? Um, and he walked. Um, and he comes in and then he leaves again. Sarah goes to the funeral for the girl from the start. Yeah. Um, turns up late because, you know, she she's all over the place. Yes. She's um, having a crisis of fate. Look, the script is a bit patchy. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had like it, 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 it must be said. It's just those sort of. Like when so she's talking to the lecturer after that, like, you know, having someone there one moment, and then next, they're not. And the lecturer is like, "Well, you know, maybe there's more to it than that." And there's lots of pauses. You're like, "Could you just say, like, you know, it's okay, she's still here because of heaven or something?" Like, <laughs> stop, stop making me connect the dot. Like. It's not necessary. And like, like I think it thinks it's brainwashing you. I think it, it, the film thinks it's being very ambiguous and yeah. going to leave this massive Christian twist like, to the end. It's leading you to this inexorable conclusion that a Christian faith is the, you know, the surest ballast through the rocky, through the the turbulent seas of this life. <laughs> but instead, it's just. <laughs> really weird and hard to follow. Um, She's back in her room. There's a big stack of evolution books 
and then it just fade. there's lots of fade to blacks at the ends of scenes that don't that that's how you make your first film yeah yeah true um your first feature film and so then then dane like wanders back in no she gets back to her room and he's in there I think I think well, there's there's multiple. I think that's a little bit later on. Okay. But I think this time he just walks back in, and she um, asks how he got there, and they just start watching television. At this point, I was getting strong sort of vampire vibes from him. Me too, because it's twenty, like it's twenty ten. This is this is clearly very all sort of like Twilight adjacent. I feel like the people making this would have been very worried about Twilight. You know, they have to make him look like he's a character in Twilight, and then make him yeah. what he becomes. I think they would be very worried about the recent influence of paganism through Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Harry <laughs> Potter, and now Twilight, corrupting the minds of our yes. of our children. Mm. So they probably brought in this. They're probably thinking that we are thinking. Here's this really sort of handsome and intriguing guy. He's but he's pretty creepy the whole time. And from the get go. And I'm also like, is he a student or meant to be a student? <laughs> because he's not it like he's not really given any context. He just sort of keeps appearing. Um And he speaks to nobody else. And the other thing that keeps going on is whether or not she, she keeps she is trying to write this fucking essay <laughs> <laughs> the whole movie and she never she doesn't put pen to paper until we don't like the see last her couple of minutes. It. She just sort of like stares sadly because you know she has a great sense of ennui about <laughs> you know the, the the you know painful injustices of the world. Um, so and in this situation, she's trying to she's like, no, I should study or whatever. And then there's a movie. That she used to love. She flicks on this movie and she's like, Oh, I love this movie. And he's like, Oh, yeah, what's it about? She's like, There's this guy and he likes this girl, but then she likes this other guy. And she says the entire plot of the film. Mm -hmm. He's like, Well, do you want to watch it then? (laughs) And then she's like, I shouldn't. And then then he says, You only live once. Imagine that being your YOLO moment. Choosing to watch a romantic comedy with Dane on your <laughs> do- <laughs> on your dorm room bed on just a weeknight. Yeah. Like, you know, sometimes you can get too academic and it's important to really relish this life. <laughs> you can step back from being and treat yourself having a future. By rewatching a film you've watched a thousand times <laughs> with Dane. That's in black and white. I like the um the, the sound that they up. had in in that scene is that he's flicking channels. That film comes on, he flicks, continues flicking channels. Mm-hmm. But he goes back to the film. Mm-hmm. She continues going, no, go back to the film. Go back to the film. He presses a button. The sound doesn't change. The dialogue continues that's in the background. She goes, yeah, that's uh, the one. Well, now we really are nitpicking. <laughs> <laughs> we won't. But, we don't need to. Brendan's so, not in this scene. So take that, sound designers of this film. <laughs> Bet you weren't expecting to be roasted on the internet in <laughs> eleven <laughs> years later. <laughs> we're sorry. Um, so then, then we're back back at uni. Brenton's there with UCLA. They're talking. There's a lesson about gender roles or something. Um, and so now she starts to develop more of a relationship with UCLA. Yes, um, and it, we're I, shown Brenton to be a little jealous of this. Yeah, Brenton. Well, yeah, I think so. At this point, I'm getting a bit upset that we're not getting more Brenton. I was upset about that um, until we got until we got the the, the, the amount the, the of Brenton ending. we got, and I was like, okay, that's not enough, Brenton. It's it's still not enough. He gets he ha- he de- he ends up with a lot of narrative weight. He does, but not as much screen time as obviously we would prefer on the Indeed. Brenton Thwaites hour. Indeed. Um, and but 
more than that, I was starting to wonder, like, well, why is his character even here? Why is because, he necessary for the story if he's not going to be important later? Well, we've got this, we've got this main character, and she's now she kind of has three guys that are sort clearly... of orbiting her. Yes, um, and you could you could have two because then you've got Dane, the sort of goth stalker who feels like he's sort of 25 years old and does a lot of amphetamines. And he's... And then you've got UCLA's the sort of preppy, like, I feel like polo shirt with collars turned up kind of more mainstream, nice Christian guy. Yes. And before how, how this ends, Brenton really doesn't fit in there at all. Well, he's not given any character development to the start. You're just shown him sitting next to her as yeah. the the best friend who's clearly in love with his more attractive um, girl who's his best friend and she doesn't see him that way. That's what yeah, it's, that's I guess what it's that's framed in being. But sometimes they're also like a trio of friends. Yes. She refers to them as the guys, like I'm meeting the guys. And Brenton and Yusuley have their own little conversations they do. as well. So it's clear that he is like... A part of their group. Yeah, and exists and has conversations with people other than her. Yeah. <laughs> something we should point out as well. <laughs> um, anyway, she's got a scholarship. She's lost her vision. She's She does some sad Googling. Um, and um, I liked this. I was very attuned to when it was doing its Christian thing. <laughs> and so she's, so she's desperately trying to do something on this. I was... Like, I was sick of working on this assignment by the end of this movie. <laughs> she searches the words evolution theory. Yeah, and there's got Theory. Did, did you read the, no. what was on the screen? So there's a few different options they've come up with as the search results. And, and um, I like that a couple of them that obviously got were real. And one of them said evolution is the change. You know how it gives you like the first text of the page? It said, evolution is the change in the inherited traits of a population of organisms. Really, like, quite effectively putting forward the sort of very non-controversial nature of what evolution theory is. <laughs> and in the way which what it is is entirely not commented on by everything that's going on in this class yeah. and in the themes of this film. Anyway, and then the next web, the next web page down is titled Evolution, a hyphen, just a theory. And the... And then the <laughs> and then the and the text for that is many of the pillars of the evolution theory have been disproved by scientists in recent times. And then the next website down is a different website title with a different um, like uh, website address, mm. but the exact same text. Many <laughs> of the pillars of the evolution theory. So they didn't even write two different things. <laughs> and she clicks on it. But then it just goes back to her face. It doesn't show you what's on the... Like, I thought, oh, show us the... This is your chance to show your audience the Evolution is Bullshit website. But they don't even have one to, like, put on screen. I I thought it was weird that they didn't try harder to make out that Evolution is Bullshit. Trying pretty hard to have those links in general is pretty good. I just... I don't know why they clearly had this conviction that evolution is not a valid way to understand the world, but <laughs> just really hint at it and don't 
And I, as if like, you know, it's be- we want people to reach their own conclusions. And we aren't very confident about what conclusions they will reach. But we don't <laughs> want to shove it down people's throats or anything. You can't. Yeah. You can't be preaching. Um, but while she's doing that Googling, then Dane creeps up on her again. Yep. It looms out of the shadows. Um, yep. And, and like... I think I guess they kind of make out or something. So now Dane is distracting her from finding out the truth about evolution. I know. Bastard. Imagine him coming in. Yeah, that's what happens when... Right there, before she finds out the truth. She's just about to find out the truth, and she gets distracted by that D. <laughs> Dane. For Dane. Yeah, Dane. D for Dane. Dane. She definitely does not sleep with Dane. It's made quite clear they do not sleep together. Because at this well, point, I don't he know. tries, there's a, there's and she f- says... He says, it's okay. And she says, no, it's not. And he stops. But I don't know. There's, there's, there's a few fade to black. consent is key. Yeah, true. But also, even if she had consensual non-marital sex with him, I imagine they would assume that would make her corrupt beyond exactly. re- redemption. So, which, why, which is why she doesn't do that. Like around this time, like obviously this, this, he's meant to be like, you know, a boyfriend that's no good for her. And I feel like there should be, this should, film would be better with drugs in it. Like I think if Dane... <laughs> If like Dane felt like someone who would be the dealer on campus, I thought it was going to be revealed that he'd given the girl the drugs at the start that she overdosed on. Yes, and he and I thought it would be a great subplot that he's like giving her ADHD meds, which she uses to stay on top of her schoolwork, despite the fact that she is, you know, Becoming dissembling sick. emotionally. That would have been a cool thing to put in. Would have been, and that and that and then you're also getting in, you you know, like an overly simplified anti-drugs message. Hashtag just say no. They would love that. <laughs> they w- they would love that. They are they are very against the. Old. I'd be good at propaganda. I think. <laughs> I think I I think I I'd be that's pretty. A skill you should seek to to better yourself. I, I I don't I don't seek it. it just just comes, mate. It just comes out. <laughs> Can't help it. Anyway. Um. So basically, it goes on for a while where she doesn't do house, doesn't do schoolwork. Yeah. Dane interrupts stuff. She's she going to work at Aldi. Grows a little closer to UCLA. Brenton is put into the background yeah. every now and then. Yeah, she's, yeah. Then she's then she's at the so then there's a bit of a turning. Her relationship develops a little bit. She's at the library again. She's finally getting some fucking work done. Yep. Then UCLA turns up, and she's and then she's like, oh, you know, I've just been working so hard. I've been here for four hours straight. Yeah, it's a long time. I'm like, sure, well done, but also, not that long. No. <laughs> But no, no that's, like a, that's a long time. Like you can study for a day, sure, have a lunch break, but it's not like if you study for four hours, you're not killing yourself. You know, like you're a full-time university student. But she's been on, in that library. On a scholarship. For four hours straight. I just thought that was funny. I enjoy that it's the four hours straight. Then later on, there's a montage of her reading at least 13 books in, in oh, the space of like six hours. Yeah. And putting oh, notes you, in those 13 books. Are you talking about the final study montage? Yes. Where she's like, books. I need books. <laughs> Sorry. It's easy to make fun of this, and it's a bit mean. I feel... I, I'm not I making, had a great time I'm not it. making fun of any of the actors. Oh, God, Because no. I think all of the actors are really f- fine. I think... I think For their first movies, for I'm their quite first impressed movies, with a lot of what came out. And I think, I think, I think Sarah is very good. Yes. And I was surprised that she hasn't acted in a lot more stuff Me from too, what I can actually. see on the internet. Um, maybe she does and a lot I of think, Maybe. And hopefully. I th- hopefully. And I think there's a lot of times here where, I, you know, when like actors, like the performance isn't brilliant, but they're really being held back by the script. 
Yes. Like, what could you have done with that? So yeah. Like, I so I am I'm making fun here, not of any of those guys. I am making fun of Regard Steenkamp, the director. I and think Julia that's... Matthews, the writer. I feel quite happy about because they were in charge. <laughs> And yes. so this is all their fault. This is well. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it might be Julie's fault a little more because if Julie has written this, I think Raygard has been brought in to direct it because he's the only person at church who has any experience making films, and Julie is adamant that the script mm. stays as though it's as it's been written. Yeah, maybe she ironically was a bit of a Stephanie Meyer about the no, not Stephanie Meyer, E.L. James. Apparently she was very particular about and very controlling over the Fifty Shades movies. Really? Yeah. I haven't seen the movies, but I have watched very in-depth critiques of them of, on and, YouTube. <laughs> and the author who wrote Twilight fan fiction and then changed it. Yeah. She's a real sort of control freak, I think. And so what? the best of the movies apparently is the second one is where she had the least control. I think I'm getting that right. Okay. Yeah. Um... Still no no intention to ever watch them, so... No, me neither. But yeah. Dan Olsen on YouTube, go to him. It's I've watched I've watched those like breakdowns of Fifty Shades multiple times. <laughs> Why? Once you've watched them, you once haven't it's, seen the movie. I know, but it's it, 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 I like that YouTube channel. It's got a very restful voice. I like Every Frame of Painting. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite YouTube channels. Yep. His lectures about things make me very happy. Because I also think that every frame can be a painting. Indeed, indeed, it can. There are a few YouTube channels that I've been getting hella into of late, uh-huh. and a lot of the woodworking channels I have, I, I follow are woodworking like channels. Old, older gents who are passing on their knowledge in a very smooth way. And they uh-huh. Do this, and they're so calm. It's like, yeah, man, I will learn from you. That's fine. I'll never make this chair that you're doing, but. It's beautiful. Well, thank God all of that dad knowledge is being laid down because it's certainly not being passed on to us. I mean, I've received a lot of knowledge from my father about timber and woodworking. I'm like acutely aware that my dad has a lot of knowledge that I haven't, that hasn't been passed on to me. Yeah. And I feel like I need to sort of like orchestrate situations in which... I I usually find ways to do that when I'm home for the week or so that Christmas time or Mm. throughout the year when I visit... We're usually doing housework and building mm. things for their house, so right. we have chats. I feel like, like like me and my dad need to like build a go kart together or something. Like we need to go back and do some of the things we didn't do. Have you never built a go kart? Never, so? never built a go kart. We, we could build a go kart, and you could impart your dad's knowledge to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well, your dad lives a lot closer now. How about how about your just, dad lives a lot closer now? Yeah. How about you, me, and my dad build all a just hang out? Yeah. Let's just start a men's shed. We, I, I do need a shed. Apparently, that'd be very good for our mental health. Understandable. Who we needs that when you've got the Brenton Thwaites hour? <laughs> um, so anyway, UCLA is like, stop studying, you big nerd. You've been here for four hours, even though you're, too long. Even though you've finally been able to focus, and like the like the core of your issue seems to be around a lack of focus. Mm-hmm. Come with me and get an ice cream, um, and. They go for a walk. They go for a walk. They go for a walk under the Story Bridge. They do. Because that's very close to every university in Brisbane. Yeah. As Brisbaneites. I, I love... That was a, that was most the most fun of this movie, really, was seeing, like, seeing old Brisbane. Yeah. yeah, and seeing, like, everything under the bridge, like, before all the development and stuff from 10 years ago. I it's very insane. much enjoy when you watch any film of in a, in a location you've been before. And 
watching mm. how they use locations yeah and change like let's walk from this park to the forest that we're going to in the next scene because yeah. we can definitely walk there to Tui Forest, <laughs> which is at least twenty five k's. You're talking about in this where they so they where she takes home. Takes yeah, them to the, so the, they're walking. Lagoon. They're walking under the under the bridge in the absolute dead center of the city, <laughs> and they're like, "I want to show you something." And so they walk, and they're just in woodlands. Yep. Which I always think that, like it must be crazy being someone who lives in America if you live in Philadelphia or New York or something. Every time there's a film set there, which is often, yeah, you know, you just be recognizing stuff the the whole time. It gives you such a different level on which to interpret a film. Yes, and I I enjoy or well, thinking about the idea of you live in New York, you know New York, you've lived there all your life. Every mm. film set in New York is filmed in Toronto or Chicago <laughs> yeah. or somewhere else, but this is New York. I love yeah. that, and you're like, no, that's not that's not where I live. Yeah. Yeah, or, or like, or some some bits of it are. Patrick H. Williams is another YouTuber. He has a he, he lives in New York, and he he does one where he goes to all the locations from John Wick. Ah, oh, cool, cool, yeah. cool. Because there are a bunch of like really notable like notable landmarks and stuff. It's so much fun. I, that John Wick a is a New York movie. New York, yeah, I went you to know. a few. I have, I have a few photos on my phone of like, yep, this is where this happened. This is where she got shot. Yeah, like, there's nothing about John Wick on paper that's particularly New Yorky. It doesn't have to be a New but York it's, movie. No, but it but is. It is a New York yeah, movie. It's just like in that in that layer cake of a film, it's just another great layer, you know? Yeah. And none of these layers are necessary, but they all just add up to a Yeah, none of them deter delicious none film. of them like deter the film in any way. Mm. It's beautiful. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about Charge of You. I wonder how much martial arts Brenton's had to learn for Titans. The fight the fight choreography in Titans is pretty tight. Mm. It's pretty toy. Yeah. He uses his bow staff in Thwite. the first season. Then when it becomes Nightwing, he actually has the two little, mm. whatever those sticks are called. They yeah. have a name. I don't know what it is, but he uses night those. Sticks. Yeah, not yeah, bat batons. His that cheerleading kind of works, actually, because he's Nightwing. I think police they're called night sticks. Yeah, I think they have an actual weapon name though. Because in Britain, when if you were going out at night. Then you need to be armed, so you, if, you, you get a large stick, <laughs> and say what you want. Much fewer people get shot. <laughs> fewer people get thwacked. Um, they get. I think a lot fewer of them get shot because of the lack of guns that people own. Well, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Not the the having of the nightsticks. <laughs> yeah. No. That's. Ah. That, oh, okay. There's a direct correlation between the having of the nightsticks well, yeah, and the abolishing you of can't owning sh- a personal weapon. <laughs> you can't shoot someone who's only got a nightstick because you'll feel bad. Well, that is true. Well, there's no honor in this. I cast it aside. As, as though you would feel bad of shooting I, someone who doesn't have the nightstick. And I turn myself in. If someone's completely unarmed, then it's fair game. But if they have got a nightstick, like, then oh, that means to defend yourself you have to stop. Like-minded individuals. Uh, they go for their ice cream. She in, she introduces him to a place that was very special to her mother. Yeah, so, and she's never brought anybody else there. So, and they leave. So they walk into the woods. She's like, my, my mom said... It's impossible to witness something so majestic and not believe in God. Right? <laughs> but but they don't show you what she's looking at. No, because they couldn't find a creek close enough. They're, where they sat in Tui Forest or wherever they filmed doesn't have creeks. But, there but are just, no creeks. But, like, obviously, it doesn't matter that it's geographically different from where they the beginning of the scene they've obviously moved somewhere so just find like a waterfall or something uh-huh. but there's a water sound yes there is 
<laughs> and there's like nice sun food, but it's it's like it's just some trees. Mm-hmm. But this is but they're meant to be looking at something so majestic, it convinces you that the the that there the, is the, a God. The, the Bible is true. <laughs> that the Christian monotheistic God must be real, but they don't. That that felt that felt like maybe a, maybe maybe that was a budget constraint. That is definitely a constraint of yeah, we can't like we, drive to Springbrook today because we have to film four more scenes today. Yes, so you got to remember that as well. It's so and like it's so that. easy to pull something apart. These are one people, take scenes. People had to work under very difficult circumstances, but it's also like they even I feel for like, what for what I it feel is like what they would have had at the time. I feel like even Regard and Julia must look back and acknowledge that's a bit funny. Yes. <laughs> they but don't also, show you what she's looking at for or, a, for a film not bad or, there are much worse films that get paid a lot more money the thing she's looking at is always going to be more majestic in our minds <gasps> so it's a choice to not show it ah, because so then we choices. put in in its place whatever it is that we could see that would convince us of the existence of god like like a seagull doing a card trick or something yes or literally the Brisbane River. Just a big old brown <laughs> river with a city cat down down there. With a, a party boat. If you can with see With a bunch this, of 25-year-olds on pills falling over the edge. It's impossible to look at this <laughs> and not believe in God. <laughs> party boat. <laughs> the Kookaburra Queen. The Kookaburra Queen just chugging along. <laughs> and someone... Just literally throwing off over the air. It is impossible to look at this. Uh, shouldn't have had the prawns. You know, we can but, you know, don't worry about that guy. How? No, that's mean. We're being mean. Yeah. It's good. Um, <laughs> what? She goes Just back. this. Just what we're looking She just goes the, Yeah, just the trees. Sometimes small things. You have to see the majesty in the everyday. She yeah, goes all right. back to uni and Dane's in her room again. I was... It got to the point where I was like, I bet fucking Dane's in there. Yeah. <laughs> and then he just like leans forward out of the shadows. In the corner, like a like, what are you weirdo. doing in here? She kicks him out. I started to get it at this point because he just, he kept saying the door is open so many times. Yeah. So how'd you get in? The door was open. And then I wrote in my note, I watched this on a plane and I was, I was taking notes the whole time. <laughs> and so these are the notes I wrote, like as I was up to this point in the film, I've written Dane is there. The door was open brackets to her soul for Satan. <laughs> because of the Ouija board or something. <laughs> and so this is where it gets weird because then Dane, then they kind of have a fight and Dane is like, I don't want to lose you. Yep. And he's like, I was here waiting for you. I had like a whole day planned. Obviously they have very poor communication. Yeah. But also the problem here now is if Dane is under the impression that they are in a relationship and they kind of are, then going and having ice cream with UCLA like is kind of inappropriate. <laughs> like she has kind of got, and she showed him the majestic thing her mum liked or something. Like that what? now, if you are meant to be in a relationship with Dane, then yeah, that is like Dane's in, Dane is not being appropriate, but but it's also got a point. He, but <laughs> he but he does have a place to stand to say, well, what are we doing then? If you're off having ice cream with. Yeah. With um, this and guy, then, mean, and I've seen Brenton skin around on the on the outskirts as well. So I think <laughs> I haven't noticed that. That guy in the glasses. What's that, he? What's I've he noticed got? that incredibly hot guy with the glasses who keeps helping you a lot. <laughs> Not keen on him. Hasn't said much, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I can tell the thoughts are there. <laughs> Bit of a <laughs> yeah. 
bit stoic that one. But, <laughs> but I've got my eye on him. Look, when you know how this ends, it's weird that he never mentions Brendan. Yes, and he's only is. upset about UCLA, and he's never. When you know how this ends, <laughs> it's you... also weird that Brenton's not in it more. Yeah, but my note here was where is Brenton as well? Because yeah. of that. why didn't Brenton get to see them go have yeah. ice cream together? And so we're at, and so she, so they kind of have a bit of a fight, and she leaves again. I think we're halfway through the runtime. Then she goes back out into the woods, kind of falls asleep, I think, and then wakes she wakes up. And it's up dark. And everything's like it's so blue; it's like black and white now. And it's, they've put a night filter. There's on, like someone in the, the woods, day. but then she just runs home again. You she tries to catch the bus, can't afford it, gives her money to. Like a she went out man. to the place where it's so majestic, you have to believe in God, and it's like it's so majestic, she passed out or something. No, I think <laughs> and she wakes up so at tired. night. She fell asleep. Yeah, well, she's so she's so tired because you can't relax for a minute. Well, she studied you for never, four. She you, studied for four hours that day, and then she was for four hours dragged along on this wonderful picnic. And you can't relax for a minute in your room because you never know if Dane's there. Or not. <laughs> she gets a nice, comfortable sleep against a tree. You can't relax. You never know if Dane's gonna <laughs> lead out of a vent. <laughs> Who's that guy? Is that Brendan again? <laughs> What are we? Why it pans are... across Dane's just like screw just and like Brenton's wedged just in the corner the of the room. Smiling all kindly. Hey. Dane's just wedged in the corner of the roof, skating like Spider Man. Fucking <laughs> <Like> Barbaduk. Who... <laughs> Who was that? You reckon this film inspired Barbaduk a little bit? Oh, uh, probably. <laughs> probably. Um Barba Dane. Oh Barba Dane. Oh Barba Dane. <laughs> Yeah, maybe this is in the Babadookiverse. This could be. It could be. Yeah. These guys would probably like the Babadook. I don't think they would like no, the No, they Babadook. wouldn't because it's about... it's Because it doesn't end in a way Because it doesn't represent like true evil. It represents like the things that we construct as evil are parts of ourselves that we have to reconcile ourselves yes. to. And that's like way beyond and then we don't the system. Ourselves. Anyway... Um, um, Back in class, psychology, do a psychology reading. Procrastination is no excuse. Then she's like, it's due the day after tomorrow. I'm like, Jesus Christ, she hasn't written anything. <laughs> it's the day after tomorrow. Um, it's like, as far as we know, she has not written a word of this yes, thing. Yes, she's been distracted by too many things. And people. Then, then they're going to the movies. She's going to the movies with the guys. And this is when, like, Brenton has the most to say. And it's like, it's a spy movie. Yeah, Girls love come. spies. And so here... Brenton is being a regular teenage he's, human he's being a very very normal non-protective friend yeah who is he, he he is explicitly trying to stop her from working on the assignment which we've just established is due the day after tomorrow mm-hmm. say no come see the spy movie with us then her dad turns up out of nowhere or well, he, calls, he her calls her and is like come out for dinner and she goes and she goes out for dress. dinner with him so we're still not working on the assignment and i i was very Getting I very worked to do up. that assignment. I was like, please just this. do this assignment. Assignments also, are not hard. Also, I have no idea what you're going to write it about, and I don't understand how you would have evolved away from doing it on evolution through any of these weird events. Yeah. You know? Um, anyway. I also like her reasoning for doing evolution in the first place is because everyone's going to do evolution. Yeah. So There's, there's so much the information. Thing. That's the thing with evolution. Like, it's just kind of mainstream. Like that's I'm such just a weird do it on evolution because like everyone else is as well. That's obviously. such a weird like 
tact as a way to try to undermine evolution. But like, yeah, you could believe in evolution if you want. Like, it's a bit basic, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's not very mm, cool. Yeah, sure. Niche. Yeah, yeah. I'm into the more. Do you believe in evolution because everyone else is? <laughs> Would you jump off that bridge if everyone else also believed in evolution? Mm. Would you fall off that bridge if everyone else fell off it? Well, if you accept that premise, <laughs> then you have to basically accept evolution. What? No, never mind. Um, <laughs> so. They go to dinner and dad's got it. So her mum has been dead less than less a year. Less than a year. And his dad has met someone and gotten engaged to them uh-huh. without ever telling her about it. So her dad is obviously a absolute basket case as well. <laughs> and the fact that the fact that A, he did this, and B, is incredibly surprised that it's a problem when he takes her out for this dinner yeah. is absolutely insane. And means and nothing she, for the story. Absolutely, completely unnecessary. I guess it's another thing that's like pushing her over the edge. Crisis of faith. Crisis of faith. And as she leaves, she goes, Sarah, you have to understand. No, she doesn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> then she doesn't have enough money at the bus. And there's a guy standing behind her in the queue for the bus. This is... Nitpicking. But, oh, that's fine. Well, this isn't this isn't a problem. It's does just he, interesting. Does it clock the camera? No, but he like I thought this scene is setting up that this guy is going to like assault her. Like he is like leering at her, really like actively. Like this guy is really not wasting his moment on screen. Like okay. he's behaving. So has he been told by the director you're impatient? She's holding up the bus line. Look like you're wanting to get past her. So well, he's just gone all yes. No, he looks like he looks like I thought she was going to not be able to pay for the bus, have to walk home, and then he's going to follow her or something. Oh. But no, he just—that's just it. He's just in that one shot, and that's it. he's just like massively. He, this guy's just like working on his show reel whilst he's <laughs> queuing for the bus. I was like, "Good for you, man! You're really not wasting any time here." Then there's another lecture, and there's a—it's all about Nietzsche and the idea. I'm quite confident in saying. But what she says about Nietzsche and the like, the death of God and stuff is like is like basically an accurate reading of what Nietzsche was saying. In no way relates to like Christian faith. Yes, no, no, no. Or no. a lot of what like, she said. I think mm. people get really caught up with the phrase "God is dead," yeah. and it just and I think whenever people go into it, it doesn't yield to the kind of narrative weight or juice that we always think it should and there's it's actually like kind of complicated and not a lot there in terms of film and you like there's those there's that christian trilogy of movies like god is dead like or like this god is not dead one two and three and they're all we should do those let's not and say we didn't okay (laughs) yeah let's not and admit that (laughs) let's tell everybody that we didn't do a review of a trilogy of Christian films. I well, I would I would love to do that show. <laughs> I would love to just review Christian movies. Um. Anyway, again, doesn't really impact the plot. The majority of my family the, would not talk to me again. Then here's my favorite, one of my favorite bits. Continue. UCLA stalks Sarah as she goes to the cemetery, and Brenton out of caring. Brenton stalks both of them. <laughs> So Brenton follows the American kid who's following her. (laughs) Through. And at the moment, Brenton is just like the extra friend. We're made to believe that Brenton also had a crush on her 
And yeah, now he's following this girl who, this guy who she clearly likes, because Brenton doesn't actually know about Dane yet in terms of no, the story. Brenton and Dane's paths never cross. Yes. So at this point, she's just met UCLA in class and developed a rapport with him, and Brenton's yeah. like, "But what? We were friends for the three days before you mm. got here." And then, um, and she goes to the grave. She cries, and then the American kid. Like walks up and puts his arm around her, and she doesn't go. Jesus fucking Christ, who's that? <laughs> she just like leans into him and is like sad. Um, so I thought that was that was kind she of funny. Knew he was coming. So it's then revealed that the mum died from HIV that she caught on a mission trip, doing unassailably the Lord's work. I <laughs> <and we> presume. <laughs> If there's ever a she had a calling of, to go. There's ever yeah, doing something that I'm sure is a very ethically, you know, simple task of mission work. Uh-huh. And you know, it is good that they do go into the detail of how she innocuously caught HIV whilst on a mission from a from the like child, mm-hmm. rather than just sort of implying that when you go to Africa you get HIV. <laughs> Like, yeah, they, they, they did seem to have like that. So, clear of being... so it's still like a bit icky, but yes. it, it's slightly better that they do do that. Yes. It is like just give her cancer, you know. It's it's like they've towed the line. Mums can't do cancer. Everybody does cancer. Mums in films die from cancer. They That's do. what mums in films die from. They and do. I really think they should have just gone with that because just HIV is much more difficult to sort of to build into your story. Like if you if you get HIV now in Australia, yes, that can be managed. Yeah, and you and you and it's all I'm trying to say is, <laughs> I feel like the okay. I feel like the the text of the film implies that HIV is a terminal disease which her mum caught and therefore obviously over time became more and more sick and because they can't, quote-unquote, find a cure, she eventually passed away from it. And that is not representative of your average trajectory for someone diagnosed with HIV in the health system like Australia's. Yeah. I think I can say that. I think I've covered my bases there. Makes sense. Anyway, <laughs> I laughed when she said what it was. I just thought it was... <laughs> Such a bizarre thing to put in there. Um, you know, because she, she could be trying to find a cure for cancer. Anyway. Um, um, anyway. So that's and revealed. She, said, she, she did one good turn and she and she died. Like, like one good, doing good turns, people should be a theme. Yes. Like throughout this, like people do good turns and they, they would get punished for it. Anyway. Um, he drives her home. And then Dane's bloody back again. Just sort of like leans forward out of the corner. Doors open or whatever. Um, Where you been? And then, and then she's like, she kicks him out. She's like, you know what? I've had enough of this. And he says, you're making a mistake. And he like walks backwards out of the, out of the room, <laughs> like Homer Simpson into the bushes. <laughs> and, and and here's what my note said at this point: If Dane is a real life human, I will be very surprised. <laughs> Even though it's not like, then she. After she gets rid of Dane, I guess because she's banished 
the evil. Yep. Now she finally gets to work. Oh, the she night has a before. huge montage. She's she gets out the post-its of the assignment doing. I'm like, stop writing on post-its, just write on the bit of paper you do the assignment <laughs> on, because that's all you have she time for. She clearly reads thirty-eight books in the space of like four hours. It goes from nine PM to eleven ish. Um <laughs> anyway. There's a shot of the moon I put here. <laughs> Dane's probably out there howling at it. <laughs> Just like trying to find a bony buried or something. Um, anyway. She falls asleep while studying. At one twenty four AM. We are explicitly shown as one twenty four. Don't have time for that. This is where we need some Adderall or something. She falls um, asleep. Dane turns back up. Yep. That, so then And she Like in this in this like the film is about doing an assignment. And when we're finally <laughs> doing the assignment, then it becomes a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. She runs down the corridor of the dormitory because this is before phones. She knocks on literally her next door neighbor's door yeah. and the person directly across the hall and doesn't try to run any further than like those three meters. Well, there's no point knocking on your neighbors. They've probably all been absorbed into the Ouija board at this point. <laughs> They've the, all got their Danes of their own. Yeah, she's the. Yeah, they're all having crises of faith. Yeah. That's why even at one a.m. This um, dormitory of a of a university is empty. Yeah, and so she runs down the corridor. Um, we don't get to see Dane take her, and she immediately. But then she's like immediately running through the woods. Old UCLA Mike is running through the woods after her. Yeah. So what's your interpretation of that? He like wakes up. Yeah. He's he he like sits up out of bed like a vampire as well. Like he's heard the bat signal. Yeah. And like and he gets yeah. in his car. So he has he to. He knows where he's going. He drives to the to the place. She. He's had a calling. She runs to the place of majesty. Like and she makes it. Too. And I don't want to give too much away, but really, it would have been good to have shown Brenton tipping off UCLA that he should go to the woods or something. Yes, it would have. If you wanted to do this anyway. Um, um, so so then so then she's she, then she's like standing on like a what, I think it's meant to be like a cliff. It's the same and she, place she took him. And she's going to commit suicide now. Yeah, she's, she's sort of saying I couldn't save her. And then Dane is there again. Um, and then but then and then you slow Mike. He turns up and he grabs her back from the ledge. But then Dane is still there. But Mike can see him as well. And so and so then. UCLA is he's looking at uh, Sarah. He turns around. He looks for Dane. He can't see. He turns back around, and Dane is there instead. And that did actually make me jump. Oh, good. That was a pretty good a jump, jump scare. scare. Yeah. Yes. Because I think why it got me was because the whole time, like, are we doing jump scares? Is this like a horror <laughs> slasher movie now? After being this like quite sort of mild, well, as like soon as we met Dane in the first place, and he kept being in a room. I'm like, okay, this is now going to be a Christian horror film. Yeah, after being like a sort of indie teen sort of drama dramedy this whole time, are we a slasher movie now? Oh shit, yeah, we are. And then he, so now he has like supernatural powers. Then I'm not sure what Dane is trying to do, but he's sort of silent screaming at them. He's yeah, like he, doing big open mouth on makes top of them, them cower with and his, they with his obvious evil energy. Yeah, and that evil energy is completely taking them over, and they they are just cowering. Mm-hmm. Then we flash back to a conversation with her mum, 
And her mum says, sometimes someone has to die so others can live. And I, yeah, that is sometimes true, but definitely doesn't describe this situation. And basically the remembering of her mum convinces her to start praying while they're there under the under the auspices of, of un, under the under the under attack from Dane. Mm-hmm. And then shirtless Brenton <laughs> Glowing glowing shirtless Brenton without glasses, covered in sort of Aboriginal tribal paint? Like like quote unquote tribal tattoo like just spiral pattern tattoos. Yeah. It turns up and he defeats Dane sort of on the astral plane. <laughs> he just pushes Dane back into the ground from and whence he, he came. He does like a choke slam wrestling move. He does. And Dane dematerializes. He one shots him. And then I just had to write down what they what they say. So then it's who are you? To Brenton. To because now they're presuming it's not you're not Brenton. You, yeah, you're, you're not something else. um what he, Sam. You're not says, Sam. Yeah. He says, I'm an answer to prayer. He gave me charge over you. And like, oh, the title of the film. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, that's what I guess cool angels do. Yeah, they do. Um because it's all verbatim. Yeah. He says he says, Do not be afraid. He is always with you. Like, just say God. Like, why are you say why would the and and you know who I mean when I say he? <laughs> Right, the big guy, and I'm like, great. What about this essay? Because it's now <laughs> like it must be sunrise, um, and he and he tells UCLA take care of her, mate, and then he he leaves. Yep, and shoots to the next day. Just th- then we're back in class. She's not there, but UCLA's there listening to the final lecture of this. And woman. she and she does and she's like, you know, they say that most of what we believe is like formed by the time we're eight years old. And you know, some of you might might think about some of the things you were told as a child and you might have thought they were wrong. But then you might think that some people weren't as as wrong as you thought. <laughs> I enjoy that Do she tells what? us and UCLA, but she does not tell Sarah this because yeah. she's not in class right now. No, well, she doesn't need to learn this lesson. She's already learned <laughs> ah, it through it the is. UFC fight that occurred in the woods the night before. <laughs> the one move UFC fight. And I, I couldn't believe it. When she, and the, the lecturer says, you know, some people kind of like, and I'm paraphrasing, some people sort of like go out and, there's, and they're learning about the world to, uh, you know, try to escape ignorance. You know, that's probably how they'll describe it when they're learning about whatever, only to return to what they originally thought as a child. So your actual like point is your initial like, ways of understanding the world that made sense to you before your brain developed <laughs> are more accurate than the ones you arrive at through, you know, world knowledge, which is so just one, which is just knowledge of the veil of sin. So ultimately, the, um, basically, what 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 it means is that all of the things that you're indoctrinated into as an infant are more correct than anything you can learn after that. Y- yeah. Cool. So and you don't get you, to choose what's you, right. And you bunch of like young people probably think it's not cool to believe that sort of stuff but you know when later in life when you've been kind of you know beaten down by pain and suffering and you're just like really reaching for any sort of fragile structure of meaning to cling on to might find yourselves returning to the church and we look forward to your donations at that time (laughs) anyway 
And then we get a shot of her coming into the class she after runs the in class finishes. She's finished minute. her essay. And, and it's not about evolution. But we don't know what it's about. We don't know what the conclusion title, she arrived at. So what does it say? Spoken into being an exploration of how our world came to exist. Sh- sure. How's that? How did Dane get you to that? Like, there's well, nothing. I think spoken into being is yes, sweet. God made us, and she's just written it about that. Yeah, I I was I was very annoyed that I didn't get to hear like her, the, the the punchline of this no whole presentation thing. for this assignment. Yeah, yeah. First of all, evolution keeps coming up with no one ever actually saying what they think evolution is or what's wrong with it. And then, though, like, there's no, it's like it's trying to convince you of something without ever presenting any argument on either side, (laughs) you know? (laughs) You know, so it's like, it's sort of, it's sort of (laughs) fucks with your head because you get the sense of someone trying to convince you of something, but you're not actually hearing any (laughs) content. They're gaslighting you into mm, believing. Evolution is wrong, right? But they're not even gaslighting you into thinking anything was that. But they're not even, they're not even like (laughs) just saying evolution is wrong. They're like, well, you know, I guess it's more like, well, you know, just asking questions. You know, there's good arguments on both sides. You're going to think about it, right? Mm. There's good arguments on both sides here. Is it possible? Mm -hmm. mm, Something's possible. It's just one of multiple, you know, interesting theories. That people, myths that people believe. And one of the theories is that uh, your friend is an angel. And (laughs) (laughs) that's one of the theories. Um, It's just a theory. Um, Uh, I love that that she gives an essay and then says, Hey, miss, was Sam in today? I've never had a Sam in my class. Ooh, but everyone else has been able to see Sam. Well, we're not made we're not made aware of any of that. The only people who can well, see UCLA Sam are UCLA and Sarah. Yeah. And he has always been of faith. UCLA True. UCLA did not have the crises of faith. Maybe. He yeah. was he was a good Christian boy from the mm. beginning. Yeah. So and then there's can a have shot a platonic relationship until they get married and then consummate. Yeah. Finally. And then there's a shot of what I thought was Brenton lying down in heaven, but it's just South Bank, and then he walks <laughs> away. <laughs> um, he's gone. It's he's like it's very, it's very clearly like else. there's like the bins and stuff you recognise from South Bank. So <laughs> they're not even, anyway. And then Sorry, um, ten years ago, South. And Bank. then it's and then it's credits. Um, and look, I don't know what I'm meant to take from it to be honest, because like. If a hot shirtless angel who's also your best friend turns up and beats a demon to death with their bare hands in front of you, I probably believe in a monotheistic Christian god as well. Like, well, fair enough. They do they do show up, don't they? Wow, like Oh, but I also I Like am, like the big problem so. The big problem for Christianity has always been sort of follow through, isn't it? And, you know, there's no sort of you don't get, get a lot of bang for your buck necessarily. But if if Brenton turns up and punches a demon <laughs> into the ground, <laughs> into the ground, and is like finger guns and then flies away, <laughs> like that. I, I that, do like the effect that they did to give him wings with the glowy glowy. Yeah. That oh, was, it looked look. The whole movie looks pretty good. I mean, talk about every frame of painting. It looks like a movie. Yeah. It looks like a feature movie, but the this what this girl is troubled by the meaninglessness of the world, and it's sort of I don't know a troublingly simple way to reassure her to say no, it's all right because the world is full of angels and demons, and 
God has sent an angel in the form of your best friend to like mildly help you sometimes, but then if the shit ever really hits the fan, will come and kill the demon. Yeah. Bad like, it's like, yeah, but that doesn't imbue the death of her mother from HIV as a result of her, you know, on her reading, beneficent acts with any meaning. You know, like, why didn't an angel step in and stop that from happening? Like, it's just, they don't, what they present is completely unprotected from all just the most basic, like, new atheist arguments that have been around for centuries. And anyway, this, that's just the things I get into with it. It's not really the point. The point is Brenton. Who was fantastic for his 18 lines in this movie. I was very excited to have him turn up as the hero of the movie yep. at the end. Old UCLA just sort of cowers there and is like, oh, no, it's Dane. Brenton comes and gets the fucking job done as per you. Shirtless. Shirtless. With body paint. Yeah. I didn't. I thought the body paint was a little bit funny, but I thought it looked fine. If you, but it's it, you know, it's a very interesting, very modern take on Angel. It is. It would. It's good that he wasn't like in a you know a white sort of nighty. Great anything. that he didn't have actual wings. Yeah, or a halo or anything. Yes. Yeah, this is a more sort of like brawling Angel. Yeah. He, to he just, he's been given charge. He comes in, just smashes the demon around, turns around, and goes fuck Batman, <laughs> and flies away. <laughs> So we so when we were doing Daniel Craig, yes. we ranked all of his movies from best to worst. And each time we watch a new movie, we'd find where it went in the ranking. Well, it was better than worse then. Should we yeah. keep it the same and just do the same? It is a good system. It is fun. It, it works. It doesn't hurt anybody. Our favorite Brenton Thwaites movie that we have ever watched is 2010's Charge Over You. 2010, right, so Angel, we'll Angel Comedy Action. So for Brenton's movies, we are going to rank them in terms from our, from our most favourite to least preferred. Yes, most favourite to lower. To to <laughs> to le- le- least favourite. Least favourite. Yeah, because none of this can be bad because Brenton's in them. Correct. The one only... The TV's Thwaite, Brenton Thwaites. Thwaites and Ada. Netflix's mm. Brenton Thwaites. <laughs> so this one is probably my least favourite at the moment. But it's also your most favourite. But it's my mo- but it's also my most favourite. But it's not my least favourite because of anything Brenton did in it. Oh god, no. Nothing will ever be the least favourite because everything Brenton did. I think this is number one on the list. I think this film's greatest crime was not having enough Brenton in it. That is a, a crime with many films. You know, I, made a, made a I think the budget of this film held held back quite a little bit because it also you feel like you're really lacking characters. I think the budget and the screenwriting. I um, think if you had more characters around them, then the fact that the only people are the the nice guy she likes, the demon, and the angel. The fact, and then the, teacher, dad, girlfriend. Yeah, they're sort of. It makes it. It makes the world feel kind of thin. And so if she had just had more other friends sort of milling around and we could go to a party a couple of more times. There is a cast of then, seven. Then Brenton could. three girls in one scene. Yeah. And you need Brenton to help her more, do more angel stuff. Because I think it's kind of meant to be like a twist. Like, oh, yeah, now 
if you if you know he's an angel, it all makes sense. All but it all doing. he's just acted like a really normal guy the whole I time. Don't. I think UCLA's character needed yeah. to just be Brenton. A guy who comes to class, befriends her, and says, "No, you should do your work. You should, you should do your work. Get to know yourself. You know, yeah, get well, over." And or who's Dane? Who's but if, Dane? If you're gonna have an, yeah, but then it's sort of not enough people. I think if you if you if you've got an angel character, you also can't have a love interest character. Yeah. You know, it's weird if she's kind of falling in love with the angel because then it's an angel. Well, and it's yeah. weird if. The angel is this like really nice guy who's her. The angel likes to be like a teacher or something. The fact that it's just another one of her friends makes like just makes all the relationships a little bit off kilter. So there isn't a there isn't a much better version of this because it's built around like really weird sort of Christian premises, and that's part of the problem. But you know what? It got the ball rolling. It kicked things off and it has gotten our ball rolling the next movie is there's a movie called save your legs so for the people watching along at home the next thing he was in was that there's a short there's a seven minute short called headsman that i can't find anywhere so that's that's something just absent from our from our thwaitsology that's a pretty good name yeah thwaitsology Imagine if you don't know what it is. Though. <laughs> what the fuck do you? Well, I guess there's a podcast for everything. And then after that, there's a movie called "Save Your Legs!" exclamation mark, which um, I think is a oh yeah, it's this Australian um, like cricket comedy. About oh, it's got the, what's his face in it? Stephen Curry. That's the one. Yeah, and um, I believe that is also on YouTube. Sweet. So people can watch that one there as well. Uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast and you want to keep up to date with us, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Exceptional Pod and on Instagram at Exceptional Thieves. Or you can send us an email at ExceptionalThieves at gmail.com with suggestions, Brenton facts, um, non personal Brenton facts. Um, don't do like Brenton's sightings. We don't want to get too like stalky. You know what I mean. We don't want it to seem like he's a mythical creature of some kind. <laughs> he's not a centaur. You know. You know. I, <laughs> I think I saw him over Niagara. Just shots of him like that one of the Bigfoot, like really grainy and far away. Um, I was in Majorca the other week, and I'm pretty sure I saw Brenton. <laughs> And obviously, if you want premium access to the podcast to make sure you're getting all of our coverage of uh, the one and only BT, um, <laughs> head over to <laughs> patreon.com forward slash exceptional thieves. You'll also get access to a whole bunch of our Daniel Craig episodes, which some people are still enjoying on there. And yeah, I think that's about it. Any any parting? I think we've covered this, haven't we? I think we we've have really... more than covered this. Yeah. Um, let us know if you'd like us to do more Christian movie reviews, because I would love it. I have not had a good time. Watching this film? Yeah. I watched Brenton. Fantastic. I had a good time watching Brenton. I enjoyed, I enjoyed Brenton Glasses. I enjoyed, you know, it's un- it, you feel uncomfortable the whole time Brenton is like in the background a little bit. Like, what's he doing back there? Yeah. It's absurd to have him on screen and the scene isn't about him, you know. He's just—he's got too much, uh, too much gravity. He's just Gravitas. pulling the pulling the movie in towards him, and you know I understand. He walked into the cast in the room and they're like, "Well, there's our angel," 
but uh, probably a little bit too obvious. You probably need to cast someone who looks a little less like an angel, like Vince Vaughn or something. <laughs> <laughs> Vince Vaughn is like the fast-talking like, university lecturer who turns up at the end shirtless. Stephen Curry. Same budget film. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. It's right. hard to think of someone who it isn't weird to have it revealed they're an angel at the end of it. Let us know if you can think of anyone who could be cast as an angel and it's not weird. Oh, Jeffrey Wright. Hey, Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> I think that's still in my brain from when he did Angels in America. He could be revealed to be an angel and it would be fine. But yeah, Daniel Craig also. And no, uh, no, because Daniel Craig is too brutish to be an angel, so it works a little bit better. He'd fit this, this angel. Anyway. Daniel Craig with glasses like from uh, Dragon Tattoo or something. That person could turn out to be an angel. Maybe. This has been a good yeah. chat. All right, yeah, a good, good chat. Good, good to be back. Thank Isn't you. it good to be doing this again? Thank you for tuning in. Yeah. To the Brendan Thwaites Hour. That's going to stick, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I like it. Yeah. I'm okay with it until until we get told yeah. we can't use it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's ride that into the ground, and then we're going to have to come back and dub over this. <laughs> like, thank you for listening to film film podcast. <laughs> Well, this Thwaites Hour was two and a half hours long. All right. That's the, that's the time to beat. That's the time <laughs> to beat. See you next time, guys.